And on that note, welcome to a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode 174. It's normally a comic book show, <laughs> uh, where every Tuesday we normally get a bunch of new comic books and bring them to our comic shop that we know, own, work at, frequent, um, and uh, and we just engage in a wonderful give-and-take relationship with those illustrated bits of sequential fiction that we love so, so, so much. However, they haven't been coming out regularly, and as a byproduct of that, we're just still here putting out perfectly acceptable content, and uh, and that's what we're looking for. So I am Jeff, and I am a perfectly acceptable comic book podcast stand-in person. I am Django, and I like to consider myself just like a content oozer. I'm mm. oozing content for you. Is that what it is? It's content? Because I've seen a lot of fluid. I swear. <laughs> and I'm Andrew Fots. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually. Fox, I'm here. Hopefully, this makes it through. <laughs> Friend it will. of the show. It oh will. yeah, this is a, this is the third time. time. This is the third time Andrew's been on the show, and the first two just kind of disappeared. Count the live show. Oh yeah. Wait, okay, so the live show. Okay, but like the first time sitting down record. This is sorry, the second time sitting down recording. Yes. Hopefully, it's gonna yeah. Yes. Um, this is episode 174 because last week we re recorded 174, um, but we did it as a group Google Hangout that was a ton of fun. There was Django and I and a group of other folks in a shared video chat, and I couldn't see anyone's video, but there was a there was a, a type a text <clears> chat. <throat> And so people were talking to one another, and it was a ton of fun. If you were a listener to this show and you were not there, which there were definitely a handful of you, um, you should join us next time. We are going to weekly be putting out a Google Hangout-type conversation like that um, where we won't be recording it and distributing it. And then we are also going to be putting out a weekly podcast still as well. Uh, side will note, go up. everything is in flux, and who knows how that will actually work. Right, that's true. Yeah. Jeff just tried to make a bunch of rules for the future. We might record it. We dumb. might not. We might show up. We might not. We might make a Google Hangout room, and everybody else can hang out, and uh, that's it. Who knows? And then... <laughs> Uh, since the audio podcast thing is sort of Jeff's domain to be in charge of, Django is in charge of figuring out how to be organizing uh, video. When Django drinks a beer out of a can like that, he unintentionally makes his Buster Bluth face. <laughs> um, no, uh, but Django, you're in charge of figuring out how do we get live video content up. I know you and Ron have been in contact with one another, so we're gonna we're gonna get that figured out because we uh, <clears throat> it's been a couple weeks of of quarantine how long have we been in quarantine Who everybody? knows? are we allowed to use the word quarantine i know it's a bit loaded and not technically what we're well, i'll tell you what if we can use it or not i'm drinking a quarantini uh, that's my guy quarantini it's emergency and vodka <laughs> um, i'll tell you i've seen a lot of different spellings of quarantine over the last <laughs> yeah i bet i bet i bet uh both of you are probably a little too young to remember when armageddon 2001 came out in comics ben affleck nope different thing um this this was in like 98 97 and it was like in the future this bad guy's gonna control the world Any, anyway it was like the annual crossover event of comics of comics dc comics okay it's one of the best crossovers i think that ever came out I'm sure we've discussed it on the podcast before where it was going to be one character was a bad guy and it leaked and they turned it into somebody else and the whole thing. But um, I remember 
trying to sound out Armageddon when it came out and just not having a whole lot of luck with it. Like sound out the word Armageddon. Yeah, I think my brother like and I read it. Bud? My brother and I decided that was that it was. Uh, oh, what was it? Ar- Armageddon or something like that. Armageddon. How old were you at that time, boy? Way way old enough to know how to pronounce We've done it. We're in. I imagine that's perfect. We're back. It's a blast. I love it. I'm so glad to see everybody. Andrew Carlson was just about to tell everybody exactly why it is that he's here, aside from the fact that we really like him. Um, well, I started coming to the shop, I think it was March of last year, actually. Happy I, uh... birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy shop birthday. I was like, is it his birthday? Do I not know this? Quarantine happened, like, probably right as it happened. Um, but I uh, I don't know. I just came in, grabbed a few comics, because I had a friend that uh, was really into comics, and he let me read a couple, and I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. I'll, ch- I'll check them out. Just grabbed a few from the back issue boxes, and then actually started delving in and like finding like rocket raccoon and actually reading more guardians and because i really liked the movie so i was like oh let's see what the comics were not as good but it had good moments <laughs> i don't have as a negative opinion of the bendis guardian <clears throat> run as most people do um moon knight was one of my first reads um and just like i i, I full i full sub to war of the realms and that's i think what fully like got me on board I was just like, okay, I'm new to the game. This is something that'll give me a whole slew of new, of different writers and artists that I can just get a flavor for what they're all like, um, and kind of see what all these different characters are like too. And it, it, yeah, I just it was so much fun. I just started like I'd pick up a comic and I'd be like, ooh, this looks pretty cool. I'll just grab it. Or oh, they said they said that was pretty cool on the podcast. I'll check it out. Um, and just, so at some point you started listening to the podcast then? Yeah, it was about maybe two months in. Someone okay. mentioned it. I think either one of you guys, I think one of you guys had recorded it and you were walking upstairs like, oh yeah, we recorded the podcast. And I was like, you guys have a podcast? We are our own worst enemy in marketing this thing. Yeah. It's at the bottom it, of the receipts that sometimes gets cut off. So that doesn't <laughs> yeah. Help. Yeah. Well, we don't know how to market ourselves. <clears throat> I especially don't know how. In fact, um, today on Reddit, uh, I was on the, I was in the bathroom, and in the bathroom there was, I was on the throne. Oh, so I you was, were in the shit or not in the pisser? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going through the Bellingham subreddit, and somebody had made a post. I'm sure you saw it. That it was like, hey, looking for music for our podcast. Um, and it was somebody who's been doing a podcast called Subdued Excitement through the town of Bellingham. And they were like, if anybody has some music, we would really love to use it as our intro stuff. And we can't pay a lot, but we would love to pay a little bit. And I was sitting there and I was like, I wonder if on my new computer I have enough stuff to send them. 
and I started looking through it. And then right at that moment, which was just after the bathroom because I was on my computer now, Ryan Russell, friend of the show, texted me. He was like, hey, man, you should do this. And he sent me the link to that Reddit thing. Nice. And I was like, oh, man. Um, so I started looking through it. And uh, and I realized that, like, yeah, I, sh- I should send this music to him. Um but I responded to Ryan. I was like, I am just, I have no ability to promote myself, no ability to say anything good about myself outside of our comic shop. Um, and I was like, so thanks for making me do that because I can't fucking market myself. Django, thank God I'm, I'm around you because you're you're much better at it. Than I'm you. shameless. I've lost friends over how much I market myself. So, uh, I'm buddy, glad, it hasn't I'm glad happened still yet. Around. We're still closed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that that could actually be. Really cool. Uh, if, if it's the same podcast I'm thinking of, they may have asked us to be on also. Um, cool. I, I mentioned in the message, I was like, hey, like, I don't really want to be paid at all for any of this if you guys use this music. I'm just more than happy to help out another local podcast. So, Did I tell you what the, the, the CVLDF asked me to do? No. Um, so I've been helping out other shops get their, get their uh, comics up on Shopify. You did mention that. <clears throat> yeah, the CBLDF asked me to write an article about how to do it. So I'm kind of paralyzed at that prospect. But uh, it's a pretty cool a pretty cool thing, too. Like, just just kind of share some of, some of the knowledge. Kind of like what you're doing with... I mean, you're not, you're not sharing how-to, but just like, yeah, I, I, I have this thing, and I want it out there being used for good, you know? Yeah, and Django, if you ever want, I think what would help you is if you and I were to sit down over a video chat and I was like, hey, tell me about making a website and then I'll just type out what you're talking about and then I'll send that document to you and then you can turn it into what you want it to be. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, it would be easier for you to be talking about it than trying to to write it. I've seen you sit down and try to write things. I know it's harder for you to do than to start talking, which you're Yeah, when when you're watching me try to write something, I'm trying to write like you. Oh, um, I'll send you a link to the the documentation that I wrote up for how to put your comic store on a website, and you'll see just how clinical I actually am in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Andrew, what I think is really cool about uh, your story and just like how you've become such an integral part of our comic shop, as so many people in our comic shop do, is that I think that there's a huge like socially perceived barrier towards going into a comic shop. I think that a lot of people are sort of like, Oh, I'd like to read comics, but I don't really know anything, and I don't want to go into a shop and look like a demo. Um, and I think that it's just really admirable to every single person who listens to this or goes into any shop and and doesn't feel wholly equipped, but does it anyway. I think that's like a really courageous thing, and you're like living proof that it doesn't have to be scary at all. Yeah. In fact, now you just own it. Now you're Andrew yeah. Fox. You just walk in and out, down the street, holding a bag of comic books. Doesn't yep. matter what you know or didn't know. <laughs> and you, I mean, you guys can see my comic shelf behind me. I, the listeners can't, but... Um. <laughs> I fed your cat, so I know all about your posters. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Man, Jeff, you've been in more people's houses than I have. Yeah, well, Bud, we don't need to talk about the creepy reason that I get to be in more people's houses. <laughs> if you want to just, it's just that when I deliver comics, um, I just knock. I don't, I don't go in. I, I put it on the door and then I knock and bail. Like, most people don't see me. I, yeah. I try to follow your advice. I try to pretend that it's a, a flaming bag of shit inside of the comic bag, and I try to get <laughs> out of there quick. Yeah. No. Um, okay. So now that we've got Andrew's awesome introduction. Um, 
Let's talk a little bit of comics before we just start rambling, all right? We got to maintain the illusion that this is, in fact, a comics podcast. I did buy a digital copy of the new issue of Five Years yesterday, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, uh, oh I brought... So I woke up early this morning to do some some computer work, and I went out on my uh, in my, in the sun on my yard swing, and I brought Undiscovered Country number five and East of West volume three. Didn't read any of those either. Nice. <clears throat> um, well, it's good that you're pausing on the East of West thing because for anyone who wasn't in the Google chat from last week, um, we are going to be starting a weekly book chat. Um, that's what the Google Hangout is going to be. It's going to be. Uh, a group of people, as many as we can possibly get, sitting together and talking about uh, East of West by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragota. Um, and we're just going to go, hopefully, a volume by volume, week by week through it. Now, let's toss out a little opinion from Andrew and Django right now. If it is Friday now, and this goes up tomorrow, Saturday, should we wait another week to do our first actual episode group chat of volume one? No. Or do you think you think we should just go ahead and do it on Sunday because enough people were in the group chat? I think we can market it and also uh, probably record it and and show it off later so that so that people don't have to have been there live. Okay. What do you cool. think, Andrew? So, yeah. Yeah, like Sunday, Sunday, Monday. Give and Andrew, are you on board with that? Do you care about East of West? Yes. Um, I've not read it because I mean. I could, I walked, th- I mean, every time I walk into the shop, there's like 30 new comics I want to right. buy. You, you guys know how it is. It, um, so it's definitely on my list, but that's a long list. <laughs> so I, it's just always been lower on the pile. But if, if we're getting through it, I'm going to get to it. If we're group, if we're group quarantine, not actually all together, but if we're group and getting through it, then I can see out my window my neighbors are barbecuing outside, and that's really cool. Hey, Andrew, that's actually a a, a quick sidebar I would love to touch on. Is so you mentioned um, <clears throat> Rocket Raccoon and Guardians of the Galaxy. What type of reader are you? Do you latch on to writers, artists, uh, brands, characters, companies? What's, what's I... your weekly poll like? Well, lots of Marvel. I'm not really a big DC person. I don't know. Um, it's actually funny because I think I've told you about this before, Jeff. Um, but the first time I actually got a comic in any recent memory um, was my freshman year of college, like two years ago. You guys were on campus. Um, oh, right, I don't right. remember who it was. But um, just handing out free issues. And the two issues that I happened to grab was issues one and two of Convergence. Oh, that is the oh, worst buddy. possible and way I, you could start. I have not, I've still not read them. I've had Good them, butt. and I, every Good time butt. I tried to get them, I was like, I can't, I don't like this. <laughs> and that really was a hard, like, push. Yeah. Um, so I have, it's been hard for me to get back into DC after that. Um, but it like gets, Mr. It gets Miracle, better. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Miracle I've read, like, um, I can't even remember off the top of my head. It gets better. <laughs> I've got Jack Kirby's New Gods. Oh, can't wait for that. Um, so, okay, so yeah, and you do seem to get mostly Marvel stuff, but you also seem super open to like learning about artists and writers that yeah, you like and pursue. I, I definitely from there. I latch more to writers, I would say, than artists. But um, my tastes for artists has definitely changed. As I've become a comic fan, I've noticed the art more and become more of a fan of it and kind of like, I feel like I want to reread some of my older comics that I got earlier on 
because um, I want to see the art again and like kind of understand what it's doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. I actually, I wonder how... I'm curious about our store and sort of other comic stores as a whole, because I think that that's an... I don't want to use the word agenda, but I think that that's kind of an agenda that we push really heavily at our store, which is like, oh, do you like a comic? You should focus on that writer or artist, and here's another thing by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's super common other places, but I, I think that I get the feeling that at our shop more so, we really do focus on the people making the thing that you like, and specifically the craft that goes into that thing. Um, and I just like super want like i just think that comics are kind of widely regarded as like oh that's a comic book and i just think that there's so much really unknown craft that goes into every single issue of every single comic book and i'm just constantly you know sort of hoping that other people hoping that i can help other people analyze that craft while i am only just in the new stages of learning it myself mm-hmm. you know I, I, it's it's a really important thing to me in, in terms of what comics are because i think the the nuances of what makes it so incredible are oftentimes overlooked. I'll tell you, I gave all of my immediate family comics for Christmas because I wanted to like, and I've even my close friends, my roommates, um, because I want them to experience what I experienced. Cause it literally, it's just like, there's that feeling. You're just like, wow, what is this? Like, I didn't know that this could do this (laughs) for sure. So Andrew, um, you said the first comic you got was from us a couple years ago at the, at the uh, college event. Yeah. Had you not read, read comics growing up? I, I had a little bit. Um, I was given um, like some thin Marvel encyclopedias and X-Men, Spider-Man, and I watched the cartoons a whole lot. Um, oh, yeah. And I always rented the, uh, or loaned out from the library, the big, like big ass, like hundred dollar marvel encyclopedia and i read through that a bunch (laughs) so that was my experience with comics it's just like the information of their powers and like um their backgrounds and stuff like that broad strokes so did you did you find it difficult to learn how to read comics because i've heard from some people that getting into it at all and understanding the flow of a page can be kind of a barrier and a little bit confusing at first and I grew up reading comics. I never even considered that that would be hard to like, like a hurdle to getting into it. Um, I would say only because Bendis, <laughs> Bendis and his goddamn Wait, so double he page spreads or didn't help. Didn't his damn okay. double page spreads. You can't ever tell um, because again, one of the first. Uh, comics I picked up actually in trades was his Guardians run because it was Kitty Pride as Star-Lord and I was like ooh that's rad um and Black Vortex era so many uh double page spreads that I would like get halfway down the page and I'm like wait oh this is two pages but it's like in the crease so it's even worse yeah, yeah. he loves a double page spread Bendis well, said it a little bit. It's always good to uh, uh, punch just a little above your weight, right? Yeah, yeah. You know. St- start them with Bendis. <laughs> they can read anything. Um, so Django, you didn't read East of West, and you didn't read uh, the other uh, Undiscovered Country. What have you read in the last like five or six days? I haven't read anything since we talked last, Jeff. I, like, dude, it is, it is, it is. 
I hate to go a little bit with uh, the foul language, but it is fucking up my shit. It is so hard to like to be somebody who all like who reads, you know, fifteen at least new issues every week mm-hmm. and like wants to read older comics, but to then have um the new comics not come out it's it's just really hard to change your behavior to like actually it's i read a a funny post from somebody who was like well i guess i'm not going to be able to keep telling myself that i all of the things that i would do if i only had the time right right because like now i do have the time and it's actually a, a sort of it takes force of will to change your behavior like oh right i can read this collection of things i've wanted i could read dark knight returns this week right well I, I I have been reading. I, so I'm, I'm reading East of West, and I'm just about done with the first paperback, which we're going to record the, the group chat on Sunday. Soon. So I hope, Andrew, you've got a copy of that. If you don't, we'll get you one. Also, Jonathan Hickman's stuff was like in a humble bundle, like digitally this week. So. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, I think it's still going. So anyone listening to this or Andrew, I think that there's a huge number of Jonathan Hickman books you can get as a humble bundle really cheaply right now. Um, buy them from stores if you can, but buy them digitally as well. Like Get, get comics. Um, but Django. I followed through. I don't know if it was on that Google Hangout or where or what, but, uh, um, oh, it was actually our staff chat, but uh, Roman brought me the big hardcover of Will Eisner's Contract with God. Oh, yeah. How is that? And holy shit, dude. I uh, So I cracked it open, and I was like, this is a very big book. And not only that, but there is like a six page, no image, full text introduction written in it. Oof. And I was like, well, I got this from Roman. I got to read the intro. <laughs> that's, that's I got to make Roman proud. Yeah. Um, and it was like 1130 at night and I was in bed and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to read the intro tonight. And I made it through the intro and then I just flipped to the artwork <clears throat> and it was, I was done from there. It was just like, well, I'm just going to be up until I finish the first volume of this thing. So Contract with God is a trilogy of stories written and drawn by uh, Will Eisner. And I did not know how up my alley it was. Um, Eisner was born in like 1918, 1917, 1918. And so he lived through the Great Depression. And he also just lived through... I have this like deep fascination with sort of the history of New York and the founding of New York Mm -hmm. Um, and just sort of New York as a living city and sort of how it represents human development in so many different ways. Um, But a huge theme of the contract with God trilogy or sort of all of it is based around this fictional tenement hall that he created. And the introduction in that story is largely based around just sort of talking about what it was like growing up in tenements in New York in the early, you know, 1900s. Interesting. And I just love that. It's like Friends, but 80 years earlier. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's like, he would talk about how just like, you know, you walk up the hallway and you can smell what four different families are cooking and you can hear all these different arguments from different people because there's like 15 families that live in a, you know, a building and share all these hallways and are always yelling and, and like, that's the kind of stuff that I just think is so fascinating. And he would talk about how like, there's always like every night there'd be the like slightly wine drunk person who goes into the six foot alleyway between tenement halls and sings opera music to have tinfoil bits of change tossed at him down from like from the windows. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. So contract with God is basically three separate stories that all kind of take place in a singular tenement hall. And that as a story does it for me, but it's Will Eisner 
art and gosh dang it Django um can you tell people about Will Eisner Dude, if if Darwin Cook owes anybody anything he owes Will Eisner everything and I think <laughs> I think you could extend that to pretty much any uh super dynamic comic book artist um and I don't know a ton about Eisner, but I do know that every single time I pick up one of his books and flip through it, I'm just pulled straight in. He's got a really, um, I don't know, he's hes hes really good at uh, like forced perspective, which I'm a huge fan of. He's great at integrating sound effects and um, titles and stuff into architecture or the background or the foreground or whatever. Um, his action sequences are are just outstanding um and and i i i feel like he's probably the last of those old school masters that i haven't really delved into very well yet um like like i finally kind of appreciate jack kirby that took a long time um i f i finally started to understand um why Jim Steranko is probably the best artist that ever lived. And uh, that might just be because I haven't picked up enough Will Eisner books and, and poured through those. Um, it's really interesting that like, I feel like Darwin Cook is the perfectly placed bridge piece of those, like that generation of artists that you're talking about, like Steranko and Eisner and Kirby and like modern day comics. Because, like, he, he feels like one of those older comic creators, but he's the same age. Well, he he's passed away, but, like, he is the same age, was, of many comic creators who are kind of still modern-day comic creators. Like, he's, you know, probably 10 years older than Jim Lee was or something. Like, Maybe, yeah. He was he was pretty young and, and kind of a man out of time, art-wise. Yeah. Like, he, he belonged in, like, just barely post-Steranko, post... Um, post Kirby Eisner, Eisner kind of era, but here he was in the modern era. Um, and from all reports, he didn't really love the idea that he was kind of pigeonholed as a classic right. superhero artist. Um, but even when he did like those Parker graphic novels, he was still like, it was, it was such classic, perfect art. He actually did a bunch of spirit comics that I keep meaning to dig out and loan to you. Cause, uh, you did there in my living room. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Those and, and, uh, yeah, he's they're, they're art, man. There's a lot of good art in the world. Django, close that loop. You got me the Darwin Cook spirit issues. You don't have to find those for me anymore. Okay, so now you just need the Sergio Argones written uh, DC spirit origins. issues. No, the <laughs> origins of DC characters. Um, yeah, so what is really cool about this is I've like gotten very highfalutin in talking about like dark like not dark um tim to extent but frank quietly i have a book called it's like just frank quietly's sketches and it's like pages of frank quietly's sketchbooks did you ever tear and one out and pretend it's an original no coward i'm gonna get an original one day <laughs> um i just don't know how or when but um Dang. but uh but in his sketches like he will have so many lines that just look like weird scribble lines. Like if you were to just kind of do a figure eight back and forth over and over again as a way of shading something. Um, 
And what I love so much about that is that it's it fits the drawing perfectly and it conveys so much, but you can also just see how nonchalant that bit of art was to the, the, the person doing the art. Like, just sort of like, I don't know, I'm just gonna sketch something here. And to a master, it's nothing, but to a total novice, it's incredible. And this whole book, Contract with God, um, all of it is done in that style. Like, it just looks like he drew the whole thing on napkins. Yeah, just and, like casual elegance. Yeah, and and that's the thing that is so incredible about it, is that it is so casual seeming to the artist, and yet so masterfully elegant in terms of what it's conveying art-wise. And it is a heartbreaking, incredible story. I didn't realize that Will Eisner had a daughter who, when she turned 16, um, had died in a car accident. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's largely about an older man who has the same thing happen to him. And you can you can feel Will Eisner processing his grief through this story that came out, you know, in his, like, 60s. That's another thing that's really cool about him. Like, he did comics his entire life. Like, he was talking about how he tried to get that book published in the 80s and no one would publish it. So, like, in the 80s, Will Eisner wasn't appreciated. Did you, um... Did you ever read Make Way for Ducklings? No. Um, did you read it, Andrew, when you when you were a kid? No, I don't think so. It's, Let me toss a Google search. In yeah, there. it's by a guy named Robert McCluskey. And, uh... He is... I don't know, like... For some reason, Will Eisner makes me think of him, and it might just be sort of the the casual sort of Norman Rockwell level of craft that is not recognized in as. I as did much. totally read this book, by the way. Yeah, and and he, yeah, it's like a classic elementary school. Like everyone's seen this book, I think. Yeah, and his uh, his other books are just just also amazing and if if you were to find that book now and flip through it i think you would have a different appreciation for the the art that that went into it as a i mean you know we are we are kind of art critics at some level now um appreciators yeah appreciators and like like uh <laughs> scholars almost um yeah, sure i mean Django is i'll bet i'll bet that you and i could sit down and identify artists the more artists than a uh than a classic artists like an art history major just you know visually fucking incredible about that and just even looking at make way for ducklings um is you can look at like quietly or darwin cook or any of these like modern day masters and see their perspective and city work and see all the blue line and the vanishing points and in in this make way for ducklings in the pages i just looked at and in contract with god it's like motherfucker could just draw perspective like he didn't need vanishing points he didn't need lines he could just draw a rooftop scene of a city in of a a borough in new york and have it fit correctly like vanishing points and perspective yeah i've never really seen it so aggressively beaten into somebody that they can do it without effort yeah he's there's there's just something about that that kind of I don't know if it was before they had techniques or if these guys had just figured out their own techniques, you know, like now you're like, Oh, how do I draw a city? And you jump on YouTube and somebody's like, Oh, you, you tape a string here and then you stretch it and you draw a bunch of lines and then uh, that's your buildings. Bang, done. <laughs> um, but these guys had to kind of come up with stuff in, in a time before that. Um, I don't know if you guys ever saw blueberries for Sal. I did. Is it the same guy? Same guy. 
Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's so much character work that goes into those those kids and and the bear. Like you you know what the bear's voice sounds like in its own head when you're looking at it. Well, that's a cool thing about <clears throat> I think the history of comics that <clears throat> isn't isn't fully talked about. Like we we think about cool comics and Liefeld and Jim Lee and in mm-hmm. in the '90s and but. I mean, the people loving it, like the cartoonist Kayfabe guys, Jim Rugg, uh, Ed Piscor, um, you know, they love, they focus on the folks that were doing like uh, Dick Tracy, Django. Yep. Um, uh, Dick Tracy. Yeah, he's a good cop. He's a good cop. Um, yeah. Um, but like <laughs> newspaper comics and, and even like earlier <clears throat> than newspaper, I mean, like newspaper comics though, like um, these these pieces of art that were like single images that told an idea or a concept or like, you know, the Dick Tracy ones or like, you know, old newspaper strips, which Political like cartoons even. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, cr- it's crazy that like so much of that was literally just put out. We need, we need some art. Give us something story wise to entertain people. Cause it's the cartoon. It's the funnies of the newspaper. They've got to be in there and how that kind of, began this whole thing that now we spend hours and hours a week kind of artistically self-indulgently talking about you know like it was this thing that i don't know it's like when you walk when you uh you know like uh, lord of the rings when uh sam and frodo are walking down that weird area that's like a, all of lord of the rings the, jeff the marsh yeah, okay or the rock area I've, exactly. I've seen it a lot i've seen it a lot so marsh. the marsh the yeah marsh. and like yeah, and there's the, the puddles marsh. of water on all the sides of them and there's like dead bodies in the yep. puddles yeah and that's like how i feel that's how i feel about all art and all interest is like if you look at it from the surface like you're just walking and there's like these puddles all around you but if you will stop and look at the puddles there's this infinite amount of depth and there's infinite amounts of life and Mm -hmm. way more than you knew and it, it does take stopping and looking at them and you can get lost to do that but it's just crazy that like comics are like yeah well they're comics there's these entertainment things until you stop and look at what they've done there are like in in wyoming when i was there a couple years ago we went to these um petroglyphs that are like cave drawings but on on the side of a rock wall uh like not in a cave but on this cliff and those are comics twelve thousand years ago like these guys were drawing comics and, and you look at it and sometimes you can figure out oh that's how they killed a buffalo. And sometimes you look at it and you're like, aliens definitely came down and, and gave them extra thumbs at some point. Um, it's just like some of the most bizarre things. And you can't, you can't always tell, like, is this depicting life? Is this depicting a dream? Is this like, was this a place that they went and got stoned and, and drew wild shit on the walls? Or is this uh, like a diary? Is it fiction or fact? And it was it was Grant Morrison who brought up that same thing that really like it, it was it was that connection that made me feel like comics are way more profound than just artwork mm-hmm. because I think that the thing that the thing that has not stopped for as long as people have been on this earth is our desire to tell stories and in doing so teaching through telling stories like these cave paintings 
more often than not were like visual instruction for how to do something. Yeah. And the way that we would convey that is through like symbolic meaning. And like, that's what comics are. And for sure they are just entertainment at points, but they also like for me, like the Grant Morrison's and, and you know, the Jonathan Hickman's like they're entertainment, but they're also trying to access a really deep infinite truth about existence that, people can latch onto if they're going to stop by the puddle for long enough to stare down it. Well, and like, um, like Jay finds a lot of deep meaning in comics that I would not have thought to even look for. Um, and also like, if you think about um, like quote unquote, real writers who dip their toe in comics, it almost never goes super well. The first couple comics they write, right? you know, and that, that should say something about comics. Like it's not an easy thing. It's not just, throwaway writing or those accomplished writers would be able to do it you know right. and it it, it, it I, I can think of like i guess maybe joe hill kind of nailed it on the first try and i can't really think of other creators that you know their first three issues were really really good comic books they were different and they they felt you know like Tanahasi coates first few comics were kind of rough oh, and he, yep. he he got there but he didn't start there you know who did do pretty well with that transition was Saladin Ahmed. Oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Whose first stuff I, I believe was the Black Bolt miniseries that he did. Yeah, I don't think I've read that. But then I think he followed it up with Exiles, and I've read that, and it's yeah, he super did. good. And then he's been doing Ms. Marvel. Yeah. And Miles, I think. So yeah, yeah. He he is a writer who did I, did make that jump really really well. But it's not like an automatic. I'm a no. good author, so I can write a comic book. It's a very different no, muscle. Joe Hill and Saladin Ahmed are the only two that like come to mind. Yeah, wasn't Miss Marvel's creator G Willow Wilson also yeah. A, yeah. an author beforehand? Oh, was she an author? Uh, yeah, I, but I feel like I just associate her with as a professor. Did you guys read her first book, Air? I think it was her first book. Um, it it had a lot of those same kind of pacing and and uh, obfuscation problems that a lot of authors have with with their early comics. Um, and, and by the time she got to Ms. Marvel, like she was killing it and continues to do so. Um, hey, Andrew, just while we're you're here at this point, um, do you have a favorite comic? We're talking about like our favorite types of things. Do you have a, a favorite story in comics and do you have a favorite writer and a favorite artist? I'd love to know those. Um, I can point out a single issue that's my favorite because Ooh. it's the same as yours. Uh, no. It's the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah after johnny dies it's just it's a good i time. cried three separate times <laughs> reading that 30 page comic and it, that just the fact that i like had to compose myself continue reading and then broke down again like the amount of emotion that he was able to put into that just astonished me like Django, have you gotten that far into the fantastic four run no that was near, near that was like the beginning of the end of his fantastic four run right like it's like it's, volume. it's around the halfway mark okay but, um, I, right when future foundation starts about <clears throat> yeah. yeah i only made but, it through the first uh giant volume and yeah i don't it would probably be hard to like genuinely be around andrew and jeff and and be able to genuinely have that experience with that issue because i if i were you i'd just be like well people keep telling me i need to be emotional at this point you know i read a lot um, of those as they came out like and i quit one issue before johnny died because mm -hmm. um i thought that it was bullshit that they were going to kill somebody because it was obviously not going to stick 
Um, and like I threw a little entitled comic nerd fit over it and quit. <laughs> what is interesting is that the following issue, the one where he does die, is the first issue of Fantastic Four that I ever bought. Oh, wow. <laughs> like so many things, we uh, we come right right up to each other, and we just kind of never quite the baton, touch dicks. Just just, just uh, <laughs> stop the hand gestures and say trade the baton. <laughs> um, okay, so that's your favorite issue. Do you have a favorite writer? It's I really, know who it is. It's really close between probably Al Ewing, which is probably what you're gonna say. Yeah, and is it Mark Wade? No, but he okay. is. No way. He's in my top ten. He's in my top ten. Okay, so Al Ewing and which who was gonna say yeah? It's close between Hickman and Zdarsky. Zdarsky's just oh, been he's kicking great. ass with the Daredevil, like, and with Spider-Man life story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I hard to find Zdarsky a bad is. thing that he's done. I didn't read Howard the Duck from him. It was good. Like I didn't I read, read it all, but it was good. I thought it was hilarious. It ends with Rocket showing up, and I mean, yeah. like I can't complain. Did you ever read Captara? Either of you? I read the first couple issues of Captara, but I wasn't a huge He-Man fan. Or was it He-Man that it was like a big dude? It was. Of? It was just a reference to that block of two and a half hours of Saturday morning cartoons because it was He-Man. It was okay. the Smurfs. Like it. It took everything and just kind of shit on it in the funniest way that you can shit on something. Nice. I'm glad I'm and not he-man. Do you artist, Andrew? I think I'm. It's good. I, it, Javier Rodriguez and Oliver Lopez. Those so I'm gonna two. record. Uh, yeah, I am gonna record a, a video here in the next couple of days, just talking about <clears> how, like, hey, everybody. I uh, I know that I'm not trying to shill things to everyone, but we we right before quarantine happened, we got like eight copies of the giant treasury edition of the Marvel history. I got of, you know of the Marvel universe, and like no one has bought them, and no one has had a chance to see them or hear me Gorgeous. talk about it. So this is just like a Facebook video of me telling everyone they need to buy this thing because holy shit. It's the most gorgeous comic that has come out. In you years. should flip through some yeah. of it, like uh, like your comic book kayfabe, and just show off some of the amazing art in there. Oh, yeah, I I'm do. not sure if Barry has the opposable thumbs to hold a book. Fucking open. Barry, man, that guy. Man. I watched uh, Barry number three last night. Um, oh yeah, nice. It's so funny, dude. It's so I good. Appreciate Barry. I appreciate that you think that it's funny because it's not actually like funny to me as much as it's just like generally about two hours of every one of my days uh barry is barry is one of my favorite people i feel yeah. like your frustration kind of not in a bad way in a good way seeps through like you can kind of you're kind of frustrated with barry you're like come on man get it together you gotta <laughs> do something yeah it's it's like you, you got that tone and you're like barry come on get back on track and i love it yeah you're very patient it helps that it helps that my girlfriend also is generally in a very similar spot to Barry about most things that I'm super into. So, uh, so okay, so I watched that, but I watched it after I watched another uh, hour and 20 minute YouTube video last night, which is, as you know, not my normal MO. Right, an hour and 20 minutes. Was it Cartoonist Cafe? No, that's, that's high on my list. Um, it was uh, Brian Hibbs, Phil Boyle, oh. and Joe Field, uh, three other retailers. 
Uh, and like I would say, if if I had to choose three of the retailers that I wish would just take me under their wing for a month each, I think I think they would be three of the five. You're forgetting you're forgetting a big one, but I appreciate that you left two spaces for Perry Plush, of course, and Perry Plush, and Jeff Bigelow. <laughs> um, but but like Come here, Django, this is how we do it. <laughs> Sip your little bird nose into this precious precious uh, bowl of fluid I vomited up for you. Uh, it was it was just That's an interview with it with them about the current state of the industry, um, and they are three very different dudes. Uh, Brian is like he throws grenades into a, a crowded room full of comic book retailers and just to see how they land. Yeah, but he's he's loud and he's usually right, um, and he doesn't care if you don't think he's right, but he's usually right. Um, Phil Boyle is uh, much more sedate. He's got a chain of eight stores in Florida, and he's um, like politically not the same as as Brian, and just kind of like his his shop shirts look like a costco shirt kind of um and then and then uh, joe field created free comic book day and is just like the nicest person who's ever existed and watching those three guys uh give their opinion on what's going well with comic books right now and what's going wrong with comic books right now and at the end, there was like a speed round of uh, where, where the host showed them a person from the comic book industry and asked if they were a hero or a villain. And it was like uh, Stu Coulson was on there, who's the guy from Comic Hub. Um, what did they say? Uh, oh, they all love Stu. Everybody loves Stu. Like he's impossible love not to like. And you can't even if even if he kind of makes a misstep, like I think he did last week. He's he's not a villain. He's a hero. Um and then uh, there, there was uh, Rich Johnson from Bleeding Cool, and they all had different opinions on that. I don't know. It was, it was a Dude, really good I video. I so desperately want someone to do that with us. I would so desperately love to talk as a comic book retailer and not be the person who's gathering people around to make them listen to me. Well, I think... I think uh, <laughs> one day one people day. will want to hear me as a guest. We'll get there. We'll get there, buddy. Um, I so. Yeah, so that was, that was the beginning of my last night. And then I, I also watched uh, Dark Knight. And liked it a lot oh. more than I thought I was going to based on the last time I watched it when I thought Dark Knight is it holds up well. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Good flick. It's so dense. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't you can't get to the end from the beginning without exactly all that shit happening. And I don't feel like that yeah. about most movies. And it just Rises jumps was from better one than thing to the uh, one thing to the other. Like it's just like yeah. bank robbery, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And you start wondering, like, did the Joker? Is he good enough at planning to have planned this? Yeah, exactly. Because I can hardly track what's going on. So did this guy plan it? Yeah, and, and I, the bomb I like the that. Jail. Ugh. I like that because it is sort of in line with like animated series Joker, which like he's he's like over the top but he also seems intelligent enough to be able to handle that sort of stuff like to me like an animated series joker really is the perfect gather it's like the perfect alchemy of like insanity and clear clear-headedness and yeah i don't know it's it's great i like the idea of someone really smart who is who has chosen to be an agent of chaos and that's that's how that movie feels to me yeah 
Yeah, that upside down conversation with him where he's hanging upside down talking to him at the mm-hmm. end is so incredible. Yeah. And the um, last time we and, see him, which is that's crazy. True. Yeah. If you will. Uh, Andrew, what have you been watching? How have you been keeping yourself busy in quarantine? Um, well, I have started playing Stardew Valley. Um, nice. One of my favorite of games. Oh, great. Yeah, I've been fishing like hell. Uh, just getting through the seasons, learning the game. That's what most of my time's been, I would say, other than got through Preacher. The last bit of Preacher. So good. Yeah. So good. Have you started the show yet? No. I uh, I think it's only on Hulu right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I can't find a software where my buddy and I, where Cody and I can um, watch it together simultaneously. Oh, okay. Um, but I really want to. I uh, read all of Sheriff of Babylon. That was super nice. good. Yeah. Um, and the new X-Men I just finished the other day. Yeah, you did. You sent that, a message about that. That was a beast. So good, though. So good. Um, what else have I been reading? I don't know. Reading I, uh, or watching? Or just how, what does somebody do? Ooh, I what does somebody Parasite. who doesn't own a comic shop hang out and do at this point in their life? <laughs> I watched Parasite finally. A super good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, Parasite is great. I don't know. What have, what have you guys been watching? <sighs> um. Well, I've been like, un- like I've had at least two two days in the last week where I was booked from wake up till bedtime. It's ridiculous um, that the world is shut down and we can have days like that. I've had. Yeah, like almost two out of the last seven have been full on no break all day till bedtime. Day eleven thirty is my cutoff. If it gets to eleven thirty and I'm not done with something, I try to stop and put the clutch in. PM. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but I've been doing um my the thing that I do manage to do is I always wake up early enough to have a cup of coffee and play Bloodborne, the video game, um, alone for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and and sam like does this a workout thing in the morning for an hour so i always like we get up around the same time and then i i spend an hour alone playing video games and drinking coffee which is good because if you try to talk to me before i've had coffee and have hung out for an hour i am really not pleasant Django will will tell it. i can i can vouch for your unpleasantness in the mornings <laughs> although i I was at Fred Meyer yesterday, the day before, and I saw Bulletproof Coffee was three eighty nine a little box of it. I'm telling you, dude, that's why I bought like 30, 60, 90 days of Bulletproof Coffee for a buck a pop. It's just, yeah, that I was stunned that it was almost $4 a box. That was insane. But, um, So Bloodborne, and then today I was incredibly excited in, the, in waist deep in my deliveries for the comic shop. I programmed a stop into there to go out to Walmart to pick up the re uh the remake of final fantasy 7 that came out today nice and i am 11 minutes into that because that's the time that i had today you've got about like 40 hours plus to go yeah i i have spent a a lot of time in the last week incredibly excited to play it so i i can't (laughs) wait okay so you were doing deliveries today um and so was i uh, oh. We've kind of split our deliveries. You're you're doing the in town, and I'm doing the out of town stuff for the most part. Yeah, I, get, I I left you four that yeah. were not at all convenient for me. Was that all right? Well, they were not at all convenient for any person on earth. Um, 
See, I didn't look where specifically they were. I just was like, this is Ferndale. This is Everson. I can take this tomorrow. If he does north stuff, I'll go east. Yeah, I, I actually called um, our our customer, Paul, who lives in Everson and has placed some orders and we ended up shipping to him because it was inconvenient. But I was delivering to uh, our buddy, Tom Walker, and he's also in Everson. So I just called t- Paul and I was like, hey, man, uh, if you want anything, order in the next 20 minutes and I'll bring it to you on the way out to Tom. And uh, so I delivered to him, but like from when I left the shop until I got to my first delivery, I think it was a half hour or 40 minutes. And it was just like driving out Mount Baker Highway and then turning north and, and going forever and ever and ever. And it was really nice. Like... I was I was super grumpy when I first started it because I saw that that hour and fifty two minute time on it, but about twenty minutes in I was like this is this is the nice like I, I'm almost seeing horizons like I live in Wyoming again I can smell cow shit um, the this farm machinery is super interesting and oh look now I'm in the forest and trying to find Paul's house which has a two mile driveway. Um, I wish that I could always remember that because yes, I feel the same way. Well, the the long deliveries are really nice for that. Um, the the rapid ones are sort of different. You're like trying to get through them quickly. Yeah. But the ones, yeah, I had a day uh, several days ago where uh, I was out. I was gone for you know an hour and a half, almost two <laughs> like hours eighteen deliveries just, or something. <laughs> no, I had two deliveries. Oh, yeah. That was the one that I drove up to Canada for. Yeah. Um, and it was dope. I was like, I've never been this far north. I've never been to Birch Bay. I've never been up there. And it, while at first you're like, this is inconvenient. At next you're like, ooh, I'm I'm listening to a podcast yep. and I'm out and here. Birch Bay and I'm, is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. There's water slides out there. I didn't know. Dude, yeah, I went. I went. Uh over to the college, and then I went to Everson, Everson, Linden, Ferndale. And none of none of that is close to the other one, but the way that I do it, I go out to Everson first, and then I can't take the freeway anymore. Yeah. So it's just like this, huh. this really nice country road, sort of choose-your-own-adventure for speed. You can turn on any of these roads because they're all basically square, uh, you're you're not going to get lost anywhere um, with with Google Maps, and it's just peaceful and warm and and gorgeous. So that's true. The weather has been nice for this. Is not to encourage people to see how far they can get me to drive on a Friday, but uh, I, I I really had fun. I also don't mind dividing my days up between two, so I wasn't anticipate. Like, I didn't look at your deliveries, but like you know. I'm I'm very happy to be doing two days of deliveries in a row. I, uh, as we're talking logistics right now on our podcast for entertainment, I want always. to do those those faraway deliveries. It's it's really nice. Okay, yeah, those are fun. Today I had to do one. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, lots of back to back ones. I had to sit outside for like 15 minutes while I waited for somebody to show up from their lunch break back at their apartment. So I just sat. <laughs> there was listen, there was outside. I don't want to throw a business under in in any shade or anything, but a business today in Bellingham. Um, that sells coffee just set up free coffee for four hours and it's like a real hip spot and they just they made there was a group of like nine people standing in like 
a 15 foot diameter circle outside this coffee shop just like i cool you're supporting people but like don't do freak like bellingham is really i'm super disappointed by how many people are not doing this shelter in place thing because like there was just like 10 hipsters standing around several feet from each other talking about shit while drinking coffee and i was like this is the thing that we're not doing right now man i have i have been within touching distance of like four people in the last three weeks total that's good yeah it's it's weird my downtown deliveries have prevented me from that. Like the the apartment complex deliveries, they like I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a bummer. It's, it's it is. Just set it on a bench and walk away and wait for them to show up to the bench. I almost did. I almost just yeah, like anyway. grab it. Um, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, it's it's been. It's always it's at first you're like I have how many deliveries and it's gonna take how many hours, but then it it gets pretty great as you're doing it. Uh, so, I mean. I don't know if you're ready for this, Jeff. I am. But we have a specific reason that we brought Andrew Carlson on. Andrew Carlson, Andrew uh, friend of the show. Thoughts? Watson? I haven't I haven't looked at the spreadsheet at all um, because I am more interested in having it show up in the moment that we recorded. But Andrew Carlson uh, has been the official spreadsheet keeper of the podcast. You all He's thought it was all of the Phil. episodes. I, I but, thought I thought there was someone else. <laughs> uh, if you say something loud enough, long enough, people will believe it. Um, Very but, true. But uh, you you have made a second pass through the entire podcast, and you recently finished the first fifty episodes with uh, a spreadsheet who has the scores from every person about every book. And I want to like I want to get grossly into data, oh, and God. I don't know I don't know how. The amount of questions that I want to ask you probably implies that you've been doing several hours of research per episode, which I can't imagine. <laughs> but I want to ask things like, what writer has gotten the highest scores of the first fifty episodes, or um, or something like that? Like we gotta once you get a hundred episodes in, we gotta take this data, put it into a, a mm-hmm. pivot table, a, a master uh, data fest, <laughs> and really start crunching some crazy. Numbers. So I've got a, I got, I got a, an idea here. Uh, since we're doing logistics on the show tonight, theme of the show, uh, why don't we focus on the first twenty-five episodes of the show that Andrew has uh, documented, and just yeah. see where that kind of lands us. Yeah, that's true. Can you just take us through, um, a, you know, a, a trip down memory lane of the first? Again, like I don't even know what of the first ten episodes are available. Um, one, two, four, eight, and ten. That's pretty good. Two. So half of them. That's better than half I thought. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's more like I would say I'm I'm more would I'm sad I missed the other episodes because then I don't get a complete data set, but that's that's a minor thing. Don't don't worry. I, Let's just send him the raw audio. Some, uh, I was just gonna say I could get you some unedited audio of that. I would stuff I would somewhere. caution you to not listen to it uh, around anybody else uh, because we probably don't paint ourselves in the best light. <laughs> It's true. Jeff is a master yeah. editor. He makes us look smart and compassionate. To be fair, to be fair, you are smart the and first, compassionate. To, <laughs> to be, be fair, fair, to be fair, the first handful, I, the first twenty-five or so episodes, we actually did have a producer. That's true. Mm-hmm. Producer. We had the producer. Like, dot biz dot net dot. <laughs> 
He he did produce like probably for half of a year. He did the first edits for us, and he set up the audio for us. Um, and and so I imagine those first ones there was an amount of like censoring or awareness of not going too far off. A little the bit rails. of self censorship. Like, that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, you definitely you only had like three issues per you couldn't yeah you you spent a lot more time per issue wow uh, that's uh, well you know what the but original you also didn't give scores we didn't give scores nope wow I, wow I i i remember thinking about those days a little while ago and remembering that it was dark but i think it was maybe just that we were up our own asses no i mean maybe you were because that's where i live know, my buddy but um <laughs> But, like, I mean, it was probably just Justin and I, like, so scared and nervous that like we were probably just, like, compulsively drinking to somehow just get through an hour and a half. But um, but the original format for the show was it was because we used to or, or, um, record it on a Tuesday night. We used to get books in oh, on yeah. Tuesday and then read read books and record Tuesday night because we, because originally the podcast would come out on Wednesday. And the most important thing to us was that we're going to build a fan base by getting this up as the earliest podcast. And, and turns out, um, you need to do a lot more legwork and groundwork before the fact that you're up early is going to matter. Um, so, so what we would do is on (laughs) actually recording, Tuesday night after you've sorted everyone's books, read all it, you would be up to like six in the morning. Well, so what we would do is uh, on Tuesdays we were sorting books. Django and Justin and Roman and I, uh, Django and Justin and I would each pick one book that we were excited about, and then we, and so that means there was three books that were picked, and all three of us needed to read each book. And, Eventually, it felt um, like a punishment. There was not, there was not a lot of coordination there. Definitely some con- con- confusion. <laughs> Wait, which books were we supposed to read? Well, I definitely I mean, read the wrong one. I read this issue instead. So that would happen. What, what ultimately? Two things ultimately ended it. Um, one, uh, it started to feel a little bit like a punishment. Like, oh, Django is picking this book and I don't want to fucking read this book and now I have to read this book or Justin would pick a book. Like, all of us have a huge overlap of the comics that we want to read, but there's each of us also has stuff that only us. There's a lot read. of space in that Venn diagram. Yeah. And then, so that felt, made it feel a little bit like a punishment, but then the other really bad thing was like, if Django or Justin picked a book that I didn't really want to read and then for some reason they didn't read it <laughs> fuck them and that would happen quite a bit because it was like tuesday it's like work all day have a meal and then come back and record a podcast um and and yeah you know roman and justin are amazing co-hosts to this but i don't know that anyone outside of django and i are quite masochistic enough to like do this in the way that we've done it for the number of years that we've done it right like yeah. we we are kind of abusive about uh, like to ourselves like we 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 do a lot of we we set ourselves up and commit to a lot of things that are going to be an insane amount of work and then somehow don't back out of yeah them. i would say that we just hold ourselves to a very high standard of uh of output i hold myself to a high standard of output you hold yourself to a high standard of quality and somehow that works 
Yeah, that's true. The two of us have a, a sort of a standard that we don't allow ourselves to Symbiotic. go. Yeah. It's like, fuck it, let's do it. Well, but then I have to edit it. Cool, let's go. <laughs> you can do um, it. <laughs> and uh, And so, yeah, it was... You know, the original first year of the podcast was, um, I guess there was like what? There was probably like a year of it, where it was me and you and Justin figuring it out. And then there was the year while Justin was gone. So it was mostly me and you and Brayden and me and you and yeah. Roman, <clears throat> or all four of us. And then there's been the like year since Justin's been back and he was on it for like the first half. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, been, and I would say there's like a Colette resurgence when Justin came back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. She yeah. Came well, back. the collect research from, happened because just she came back from becoming pregnant too. She had her baby. Mm-hmm. Right. She had and, Hilo. Yeah, and then and, and and we really wanted to have three people on it, and if Justin couldn't do it, we would say, "All right, either Colette or or, um, or Roman." So, did it, so they would do. So it. Andrew, I did take a peek at the the spreadsheet the other day, and uh, my my question is, what was the first note that you did on the first episode? First one, Justin has a dial on his back that shows his remaining brain power. <laughs> yeah. And he's French. <laughs> it was all said in one sentence. Uh, that sounds like probably something I would say. I can see Justin self-confessing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it Justin. was Justin. It was yeah. Justin. He just described himself. Um, in fact, I would love to uh, hear several choice lines that you have saved on this document oh, yeah. and have Django and I guess who said each one. I started swearing when I was eight. I also didn't have a binky. <laughs> That's Justin. Justin. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! I'm funnier than I think I am. And, and I also didn't have a binky. What episode was that? Uh, episode 14, Sick Wicked. Sick Wicked. Sick Wicked. It opens up with a, uh, um, whoa, Black Betty, ambulance. <laughs> you go, you go ambulance, because apparently an ambulance went by. <laughs> uh, Dude, you know what? Um, I'm not sure if you've gotten there yet, but one episode that I remember recording that I fucking loved, um, was the episode where it, i think it was it was like something about butt rock or something it was the one butt where like there classic. was butt rock classic where there was a bunch of there was like a car of drug dealers that would park outside the store and listen to <clears throat> fucking like 80s music at the top of volume and like clearly sell drugs in the middle of the that's night that's got to be like episode 100 or so yeah it's it's not in my database but okay. i mean i've listened to the podcast like probably twice through okay so it, it's coming up we'll get there but that's one of yeah. my favorite moments all right give us um, give us another quote i've actually just a recent thing because i forgot about this is i've been putting the pictures you guys attach in with the document um oh. because you guys attach a picture to a lot of the earlier episodes of like Wonder Woman Day, so all of you guys are wearing little fake tiaras and little bracelets of truth. <laughs> I I didn't edit the first like fifty or so, so I don't well, know. Well, yeah, you didn't, and you weren't posting them on the internet until or that's like, what it was recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, like, I probably started around twenty five or thirty, but there's yeah, one you... with Django shirtless with a donut right on top of his belly. Oh yeah, I don't remember why that happened, but uh, I definitely remember that donut on my belly button. <laughs> 
So you can yeah. tell when Jeff started putting the episodes online because that type of thing stopped happening. <laughs> I should probably go back to that, I guess. I, I didn't. It's pretty funny. I didn't know anybody could funny. see that. <laughs> I've never seen those things. I, I just had Django say, hey, this is how I'm posting them online. Do it this way. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, there ain't no friggin' bat. Oh, that's Justin. Oh, Justin, yeah. It was Bill. Oh, okay. Oh, Bill. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what is the first episode with Bill? Uh, the Rise of Bill for Giddy. It's episode 19. That was a long was... time ago. He's Did it just come up the in the middle of the podcast? Or is that something that he had, like, workshopped at a, home and I've brought? Ta- I've t- yeah, I've talked to Justin about this. He didn't mention it on the podcast, but I believe it was a character. Yeah, he, like, workshopped a little bit. Um... The Bill Forgetti, the mustachioed phoenix. Um, he can't read, but loves books about steamy teens. <laughs> steamy teens? Um, yeah. That same episode, Django mentioned that he keeps all of Bill and Justin's poop photos in an album on Facebook. That's true. It's true. <laughs> um, and Roman and Jeff wanted to have the same relationship, but with pee shutters. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I can remember that conversation. Um, you know what I would love, Andrew, is as you're going through, you know, in the future and as, as you're moving through this, like, give like, you know, certain episodes, you know, give like a three star, two star and one star oh, ranking. Man. That's hard. Because <laughs> I would hard. love I would love to be able to tell people like, hey, here are our 10 best episodes or mm. something. I could. There are definitely a few of the recent ones are really good, like intro ones, not like the last two, but like last like couple months. Have, there, there have been some really good like intro beginnings. Are they the ones that we specifically huh. say if this is your first episode, uh, find a different episode? It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. I can't think of anything good that we've done on this podcast in the last like five months. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's I guess good to hear. Uh, need you get to the tranquilizer and the hog tie ready. Jeff is getting wild. Oh God, Django. <laughs> It, it was definitely Django. Because <laughs> yeah. Django Bill. will definitely point out when he thinks Jeff is getting wild. It's, it's, a, it's like, a public service. It's my superpower. It's like uh, Django has a pretty good awareness for like how Jeff is like 80% of the time. And when Jeff doesn't act like that, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this isn't the normal Jeff that I know. It happened oh, the other man. day. Te- texting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wonder Woman flurbs them shut. Flurbs them oh, shut. It's got to be Roman or Justin. It's got to be Justin. Django. What? See, it's Django. Django doesn't even know the that. word. Flurb. Uh, I remember. You probably learned it from Justin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds like a Justin word. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, I, that was the can... first episode you said. Papcast. What episode? Oh. Episode 23. 23. Really? Because Django fought that for Still do. So Still good, does. though. It's so good. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Andrew, d- what was the first episode that had scores? Have you, was it not even in the first 50? It was, no, it was definitely, no, it was like episode 4 or 5. Okay. Do you it know what our four. first 10 was? That's my question. What was the first it, 10 on gooey our Gooey duck. I believe Uno. it was after death. It was after death. Justin oh, really? and Roman both gave 80 after death a 10. Number two. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> I guess that book was good. I never finished it. <laughs> it was great. Even the end was good, which, you know, you well, can't trust Well, I think trust issue him. three was delayed quite a bit. 
It was um, delayed, and maybe we were also shorted. Yeah, but I definitely read one and two, but for whatever reason, I didn't finish that. You have not given a 10 yet, Jeff. Uh, in the first 25? In the first 50 episodes? In the first, I up to 40. I lost the okay. data for like 39 to 43. So I'm um, in the process of reading. Yeah, dude, I think that it's important for modern listeners to know that I fought the 10 for a long time, <laughs> but I, I did. I was like, no, it's perfect. Like, when is a thing perfect? And Josh McCormick, I'm looking at you. Um, Bastards number 16. Nine did and it a get half. one? Okay. Nine and a half. Yeah. So like I fought it for a long time, but then I had like some moment where I was just like, I am not allowing myself to be happy in my life. And I have to, I have to stop. I can't compare every moment of my life to the first relationship I had with the first time I was in love. Not everything is that. Moment. And then you just started um, shitting out tens. I wouldn't say I'm roaming it, but I, <laughs> I, Roman. Oh, I love them. So I, many tens. It is. Yeah. I, well, it came out only in the last like several months <laughs> that he feels like there's a 10 every week. He rates every he week rates on a bell 10 curve. On a curve. <laughs> Yeah, he, so he says I that would, his favorite. Would, he, that's maybe fucking he says, insane. I doubt. I don't know. I don't know. I think about that's a that. new rule. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a new rule. And if is. that's what he's doing, yeah. that means he's got a one every week. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean it doesn't he necessarily mean that, but it implies yeah. that. And maybe his bell curve starts at like a seven. And if he has like four tens, how how does that balance out? Does you have like twenty five? I mean, sometimes that guy reads forty two comics in a week. Ooh. I think he just what will man. pay attention to the ten. I think he just is like, this was my favorite book, and then anything else is I, like. He... I, I get that. Yeah. Sometimes you read a comic. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, no, I mean yes, but like I don't know. With Roman has like this. I love him. He just has this particular. When that you get you you get to see him when that, you I get to hear him, but just the gooey duck like you could hear it in Roman's voice when he's excited about. <laughs> oh comments. man! Django, you and I pretend people show up to this podcast for you and I. I I pretend it's for me. I know it's you. It's but, Roman. Uh, no, but really, mm. what it is is people fucking come to this thing for Roman. Like that's a hundred percent what it is. I've heard that from so many people. In fact, why isn't he here right now? Uh. He doesn't have a microphone, nor does he have the awareness of how to set up a microphone if he did have one. Uh, Jeff, I've got a, I got a quiz for you, and I don't want to step on Andrew because okay. he's got the spreadsheet in front of him. But uh, do you remember what was on our first episode, the the issues that we talked about? I can remember some okay. of them. Um, I definitely remember it was Frostbite. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was that's the one I knew you were going to remember. <laughs> um, and then there was wasn't there a young animal book? Yeah. Was Cape Carson number one on it? Okay. I don't know if it was number one, but it was an issue. That was the first issue we talked um, about, right? Yeah. Very and, first one. <clears throat> and, um... Oh, Come on, what kind of law is it? What kind that? of law do we live under sometimes? Oh. Snow um, law. It's snow law, but what did we read? Snowblind? Frostbite. Or? Well, I said He's that first. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> well, it was it was frostbite and Cape Carson Cape and Carson. and Wolfman Wolf or Cop. Wolf Cop. Oh, I would have gotten that for sure. Wolf Cop, dude, a hundred percent. 
Yeah. 100%. We would have never recorded this podcast, though, if Django wasn't just like, no, just shut up. Just sit down. We're just, <laughs> just doing it. Like, I... Like now I'm the guy who's like, come on, you guys, let's just fucking record the podcast. Get over it. But like Django that week was like, I know none of us know. Just sit down. We're going to start recording and we'll like whatever happens. It'll well, be we fun. had talked about it for probably four months before that. I had just said I've always wanted to do a podcast and you were just like, we could do a podcast. And, and you know, I'm somebody who tosses a lot of ideas out there and I sort of wait to see how much people like an idea based on how much momentum it gets yeah. so i'm the guy in high school is like yeah we could all go to spokane we could all drive us to spokane or we could all go to like silverwood and idaho and or dairy queen and then people yeah and people were like why didn't we ever do that and i was just like well nobody ever followed up on it nobody <laughs> wanted to you know so that's just sort of the podcast was that i want to do it and um, i guess i've always been the guy who's like, like hey i'm going to i'm going to denver who's coming no, it was like you said you wanted to go to Denver. I just bought a ticket. <laughs> yeah. And that's a that's a thing you got to be careful because Django will fucking buy you tickets to anywhere at any point. <laughs> In fact, we were supposed to go to San Diego Comic Con for my very first time uh, ever this July, no. and they canceled it. Did they, did they officially cancel it? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure no one's going anywhere in yeah. July. Yeah. Well, you know what? This year's just a buy. We'll go next year. We'll get them next yeah, we'll year. Go get, we'll go get the coronavirus in San Diego next year. <laughs> or New Orleans or something. Yeah. Um, get some po' boys. What was, yeah, po' boys. Do, Never had a good do one. Do we know... Um, so the, the show started, I think, with just me and Jeff, right? Or me and, me and Jeff no, and Justin? Justin, Justin was, was on the first episode. When did later. Roman come on board? Uh, episode 10. Was Roman Kurt first? Russell is Justin. <laughs> Unless it was in one of those missing episodes, I believe that was. I think you guys say that's his first episode. Though. Okay, okay. I remember being really surprised that he was as good at it as he was. Not like good because anyone can be bad at it. Like it doesn't matter that that doesn't matter. But Roman just sort of was like, yeah. I mean, I'm either talking into this microphone or talking to you guys. I don't know. <laughs> like it's all the same. It was in uh, Roman's second episode of the podcast that he was on, episode 11, that he said Al Ewing was his favorite co uh, current comic creator. Yeah, he said that like a year before that to me. Yeah, um, it's cr crazy. It was in the old comic shop that he told me that. Um, do we have... Uh, uh, never mind, it's gone. My brain stopped. Love your brain, buddy. Um, uh, Andrew, what are some other moments in your first 25 to 50 episodes of the podcast that are worth mentioning or did a thing that was at least interesting? Oh, yes. Uh, Jeff, you're the ghostwriter of the bookmobile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we say bookmobile, it makes me feel like it's way more of like a van than it is. <laughs> yes. I think that also reminds me, we haven't mentioned on the podcast, um, but I wanted to, but uh, the Ice Cream Man crew. Oh, is releasing yeah. four page yes. four page ice cream man comic books that they're going to be selling online and i forget what it, the website is called it's like icm comics or something but um if you were to google up ice cream man comics or something but that's one been one of our favorite comic books coming out on this podcast the entire time it's been coming out so any listeners um if you are just fiending for new comics like uh we are you will be able to get new four issue stories. I think they're going to be 99 cents or $1.99 each. Time. I think they're $1.99 um, and they're sending half of that to uh, support comic stores. 
which is a really cool yeah. thing. So I don't I don't know that any of them have come out yet. Um, I haven't actually found that URL. Django just sent it to me in a message, but um, yeah, there are new comics coming out, and I think that's an incredibly good way to get new comics coming out right now. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, uh, I sent them a letter, just an email, and they responded like within a day. Are you cursed yeah. now? Just <laughs> that's true. Probably. <laughs> Probably, uh, probably have do you know if it was the black cowboy or the white ice cream man that responded to your mail? <laughs> sure hope it was that cowboy. <laughs> yeah, me too. That guy is good. Okay. Wow, I hadn't thought of that with Ice Cream Man, where like the dude with the black hat is probably the good guy, and the white. You haven't no, thought about that? No, like the the dude all in white is uh, seems to be the bad guy. Seems to be the agent yeah. of chaos for sure. I like it. Yeah. I love that. that's that's another great series. That yeah, one of the best ones coming out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys definitely had a pretty decent uh, sized conversation about uh, Django. Are you the kingpin? Because <laughs> oh. you gave Jeff a breakfast burrito when you were late to work. You're very into bribery. Uh huh. Was that the beginning of Matthew Rosenberg's kingpin run during Civil War Two? It's I think so. Yeah. yeah. Episode 16, Snow Law. Snow Law. Oh, Snow Law. Man, we still talk about that Snow Law. That was snowed a ton. Dude, yep. Snow Law one of his... was an episode where, like, we got... We hung out afterwards and kept drinking, and Justin and I got really, really drunk, and then we walked home that night, and he fell down in the snow, and he, like, has never forgotten that he fell down in the snow, and he's like, I looked like an idiot, and I'm like, no, you looked like you and I were walking home in the snow drunk. <laughs> Uh, was that episode the first time that I mentioned the underneath demons came from the deep, deep bottom? It is indeed. Uh, I thought so. Oh, fuck the me. First, Why did you remember that? the first that? episode uh, that you actually mentioned that you're good at change. Yeah, Jeff. Which one was? 16. Um, but Snow Jeff, Law. Jeff mentions that it's because you're a follower. So Django. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm getting some, some parallel <laughs> audio streams in here. What episode was the first one that Django said he chanted in? Uh, episode 16. S- Snow Law. That was okay. the most important episode and, we've ever had. And in that episode, I said that Django likes chants because he's a follower. Yes. <laughs> I can't even imagine what exactly I was thinking. That sounds like a very, like, trying to get under Django's skin statement. <laughs> It's also uh, that episode you guys went into depth about whether it was Xavier or Xavier or Magneto or Magneto or Thanos or Thanos. That's basically. Oh my god, Klaus is that the one Klaus. where Tannis started? Tannis? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Tannis? So, I, oh, you Tannis. know what I would say about episode 16, Snow Law? I would say that that is our Fantastic 448. You think so? That's the Galactus Yeah, issue? I would say um, me chanting is Silver Surfer. And I would say that Snow Law is Galactus. <laughs> yeah, you chanting Silver Silver Server only in that now, 150 episodes later, it still made me throw up when you said it. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I fucking bet you believe that. Ghoul Killer was it was that it, that week was Titans number eight, Death Be Damned number one, Fool Killer number four, and Kingpin number one. We reviewed oh Fool Killer number I miss four. This old format because I can't even fucking remember Death Be Damned. What is that? Oh, that was a boom cock. Uh, by Biacker and B Blacker. Backer and Blacker. And Blacker. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're podcast. Yeah, it was like it was like super uh, super sketchy, um, Satan-y cowboy stuff. Okay. 
They got the issues if you want to borrow them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do, bud. Okay. I'm just interested Done. in some of these other, like, it's now our format is everybody reads as many comics as they can and then talks about the stuff that was interesting to them. Uh-huh. I do. I do sort of miss, it would be fun to once a month do this format of everybody picks one comic and then we talk about them for a long time because I, it definitely made me read things. It, it was fun when we'd be like, Django was like, I'm excited for Frostbite. <laughs> and we'd come in and be like, this was the most fucking Django garbage. Dude, I've ever do you know read. who drew that? Yeah, I do. Um, it was it like it was Jason Joe, Sean, was it Sean Alexander. Alexander yeah. Or yeah, who yeah. did like a long run on Spawn? He did the uh, yeah. he did Empty Zone. How the fuck do I remember that Sean Alexander did that? Only because we recorded a podcast about it. Three I, years I think ago. I whispered it in your ear the other day at the shop. And by the other day, I mean before we were socially distant. But we are so socially distant right now. It is crazy. Do you ever wonder if we're ever going to be friends? I again? hate it. I'm sort of like, am I losing interest in the whole thing? Do I just, I'm sort of like, man, seems like a lot of work to go into work today. Do I just not want to do it anymore? I'm, it's, Dude, it's weird. I feel run down and gross after two hours of packing stuff at the store right now. Cause there's like, yeah. there's no, there's no feedback. You're just there kind of head down doing work. It's, it's the dream that we've had forever. And that dream turns out to be awful. I don't know. I've had a variation on that dream. I I need our customers to stay sane at our. That's job. what I mean. But like, if, well, if, if like, oh man, if if I only had three hours with nobody in the store, I could get this project done. And I go in with three yeah. hours and nobody's there. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't like being yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too Without hot or a little my too friends cold. Or people that I like. Nobody's up. here to appreciate my my body noises. I'm so funny, and no one knows how funny I am. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, what's a, what's another interesting episode? What's a even just like book spread? I'm like interesting. The, the idea that uh, frostbite is a book we all read is just I'm just like that would never happen today. I have I have to mention the whole episode 19 to 22 is a four part bill the rise and fall of bill oh god uh, it's the rise of bill battle of the bills the empire strikes bill and then kill bill Four, <laughs> and that's the one that kurt busick calls in and that's the one where what kurt busick calls in oh god yep um, wait so Je- those you jeff you episodes? locked yourself out of the store in the final in the final episode you locked yourself out of the store um taking over justin's personality and causing Justin to come be giving final birth to Bill. Holy fuck! I don't remember <laughs> any of this shit. I just yeah, it was, Bill it's was a, a saga, fun guys. It's uh, like I'm telling you, you don't remember, but there's so much. It makes me kind of sad that uh, we never got that recording of Bill from uh, prison, because I know he spent some time there, yeah. and uh, he he called us, and we didn't didn't get to record it or something. Are you sure? Yeah honest i don't know i got a phone call from bill from prison i remember we got like a one final phone call from bill like after i don't know and then we got another customer who called in because bill was looking for a daddy and the guy was like i'll be bill's daddy (laughs) it sounds like this guy needs a daddy (laughs) 
Oh, man. In ep- sorry. In episode 21, uh, it's when you mentioned the scabies. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bummer deal, man. It's a bummer deal. I talked about the scabies? Yeah, you said there was a scabies scare in high school, and it's not that. I don't know where else I would have gotten scabies other than the comics place. Followed by Justin saying, Scab- scabies babies to the tune of Santa baby. <laughs> Scabies, babies. We gotta um, get Bill back on here. Scabies. We gotta get Bill or Justin back <laughs> on here. Mm. Man. Um, That's gross. At the episode 39, super good. It's your guys' first wine night without Django. That was like every... the first episode without Django. Or no, actually, it was one of the first ones. Yes, but as soon as Django left, you were—he's—he he was dead to the podcast. You meet you guys. You were like, yeah, Django's, Django's dead to the podcast. Um, I, I remember listening to that episode while I was in the L.A. airport, which was under construction and had some of the worst, like crowd control and crowd routing. Like you had to go through uh, an air an airplane gate in order to get down to the bus that would take you to the other terminal. So, like, it looked like you were... You, you had to go basically pretend that you were boarding an airplane to get to a bus, and it was confusing and disappointing because I'd always rather be on an airplane than on a bus. And I remember, like, navigating this ridiculous way that they were trying to get people to deal with their construction with headphones in and just laughing like a crazy person the whole time that that we were being told what to do and when to stop and when to go. I'm glad that you were laughing. Andrew, was that me and Justin <clears throat> and Roman? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so good. But yeah, yeah and, and was that the, the first episode night. with Time and Vine? <laughs> uh, yeah, episode I think 39. we did the wine night because we picked Time, time and, and Vine number yep. one. And you guys, you guys called in and left a voicemail for yourself <laughs> no. to answer later in the podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh man, what did we ask? Ah man, I don't, I don't have, I, I lost the info for episode nine. Man, we need 39. Justin. Again. It was, you know what it was? Um, it was that, um, it was Roman talking about how much he liked Time and Vine, and you guys pointing out that it was like a creepy old man and a young girl, and then also time travel. Like that's. Uh, and, and wine, why? like come hang out in my wine cellar, and I'll transport you through time. Like, of course, it's the most fucking like Romans, Roman fantasy ever. And then on top of, that, I just imagine you guys like all sitting in bean bags around like a little table with some candles, and you all got like wine glass, big like glasses of wine. You're like leaning back, just kind of sipping, like yeah, this this comic book it was real good. <laughs> Yeah, I um I I should listen to that one again because that was a bit of a stroke of genius. Like that was uh, like on Tuesday story in the books we were like, what if we did this? Like what if we read this clearly bad comic and just sat around and drank wine? And it kind of backfired because I don't know if you guys finished Time and Vine, but it was kind of good. Like it the the story was a little bit clumsy, but it was a super compelling comic book. Um. Yeah. Like I read all four I issues. Have the fourth ish- I have. I have the end of it right here. <laughs> I 
I can't believe that you have that. Here's the final issue. Right next to you in this moment. You have it within arm's reach, buddy. I don't ever go anywhere without time and vine, man. That's a that's a that's a piece of history. It's it's the one you shove into your pants to get out of the shop. <laughs> exactly. So Got to get it out. That of here. one. Time and time and vine. Uh, I think it was number two and three, or number three and four. And use three. Justice and four. League was it forty nine and fifty or fifty and fifty one had the same cover as each other. So like time and vine had the same cover on two issues, and Justice League had the same cover on two issues. And that's the only time I've seen that happen since I started working at the shop. Well, it was funny because also. Uh, that time and vine they had an a cover and a b cover uh-huh. for each issue which is dumb right. because it's like a fucking like d level idw <laughs> yeah. book uh like you don't need multiple covers no one's like i gotta get all the covers <laughs> to time and vine. <laughs> but like, do you have the variant cover for issue three of time and vine who knows uh, it might be number four I just have dude Fucking the A cover of issue number four, though, is so bleak, man. It is a glass of wine, and in the reflection of the wine glass, there's, like, an old man crying as he holds a woman as she dies. <laughs> oh, my God. Time and vine, man. Um, I don't... I, don't, I think that Django <clears throat> is maybe looking at that one with rosy colored glasses. I don't know that it is, like, a super compelling story as we look at it. I like to say rosé colored glasses. Oh, that's very good, Django. But uh, yeah, that that's one of those bits that, like, man, you can't, uh, you can't. I don't know how we came up with that brilliant shit back then. Man, I, I don't, I don't think I can recreate this because I don't have a very good metal voice. The metal. Um, oh, I'm Jeff, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah. You okay, well, we know when that metal started. <laughs> uh, yeah, the episode Metal, episode 34, just all. So, ass. Andrew, have yeah. you made it to an episode where we are uh, in the new store? No. They, they, they were only in the new store. No, we started it in the old store. No, I, th- I think. No. 100%. No. Yeah. We used to sit no. in the back room and record it. No. I want to say that it was around episode 40 or so that it swapped, but I can't be sure. In the old store? Like, Eagles? Yeah. What? what this is this is episode 170, 174 no. Dude, divided the by... the Frostbite f- episode, I remember being upstairs. Divided by 52. Oh, maybe you're right. It's three three point three four no. years. We we definitely recorded the first episode upstairs at the Wow, concert. I have invented a lot of memories. Where wow, what do you think we did in that back room? I thought that we recorded like the first fifty episodes in the old store. <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. Crazy. That's crazy. Huh, cool. You learn something new every day, don't you? We weren't <laughs> I think the only socializing we did in the old store was going to do trivia together. Yeah, maybe so wild yeah yeah that was fun um i'm trying to think like i don't know if i was like pretty stoned or at some point like because that was hilarious there was like (laughs) there was a very clear moment actually i think it was the first episode 
the first episode that Django was gone and Brayden and Django and I, sorry, Brayden and Roman and I were on the podcast. Yep. Um, I don't know where that was or when it was, but episode 36 K fabulous. Really? Yeah. Is the first episode that Brayden Roman and Jeff were on with no Django. Yes. Okay. That's nice data work. My friend. It's it. I, it, it's, I was going to say too, it's probably one of the best intro episodes. <clears throat> I have no idea what the intro is, but I will tell you that there is a moment. No, I mean like at like introduction to the podcast, like give someone this episode, like listen to episode oh, 36. Really? Like okay. it's a good one. Nice. Um, because it also is there's like two thirds of the way through it. I was like, Django's not here, Braden. Let's pull out this pipe of marijuana and smoke <laughs> it in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> and Braden and I both do that, and we are both well, I can't speak for him, but like it took like eight minutes, and I was like, nope, no, 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 nope. Um, Undo. This isn't a good call. command Z, command Z. Or like, actually, maybe. Maybe Justin was there. <laughs> I'm not sure. There there was an episode, because actually I think maybe Justin was like, yeah, I, I realized that you got really worried. Because um, <laughs> he just knows how to read me super well. But also maybe not. But yeah, anyway, there, there was a moment where I was like, yeah, I'll smoke weed during the podcast. And then I was like, never again. And like to this day, I still, it's been a couple years at least, and I don't smoke weed before the podcast so or during it one one thing that uh i think is interesting it's legal in washington by the way everyone it's legal <laughs> i'm not committing any crimes i'm a good boy i'm a business owner i'm a business partner i do good things. <laughs> uh jeff can you guess when our first live show was it was episode 150 no our, we did it live on facebook at some point yeah i do remember that um yeah i do remember that so and, we called it this is too comfortable let's do it live and what struck me was we were comfortable this few episodes in no but Django thought it would be a good idea and <laughs> Django as much as I wish it were me um Django has that uh Steve Jobs thing the I forget what it's called it's called kayfabe this, Jeff no, but there's this thing that everyone that worked with Steve Jobs would say, which was like, you would just believe stupid shit when he was around. Like, you would believe that you could do stupid shit, and then you would do it. But it's the kind of thing that no one in their right mind would assume they were able to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I forget what it's called. It was in the biography of his that I read. I could Google it. But anyway, Django has this ability, this sphere to at least for me i'm just sort of like all right i can do it if Django says i can do it i can do it i don't think it works maybe for everybody but um Django has the ability to make so yeah i'm sure i remember in that time the the thing that i really remember that was bad about that was that we couldn't come up with a good camera angle right so it's like streamed on facebook live but it's just sort of like an overhead shot of a table of us recording and it's just not interesting if it were like head level and it seemed like you were one of the people at the table or something it would be yeah. way better but um but i do i do remember that i also feel like we rolled up our sleeves for it that could definitely be uh it was episode 23 or is that the wonder woman episode there was something going on <clears throat> it was also the first proto buckshot because oh. what had happened that was the dc hanna barbera crossovers so they were just <laughs> like the little back 
pieces in like Spack of the Suicide Squad Banana Split special. Like it was like six page mm. things. So you guys were just like, oh, we're just gonna do like three minutes each on each of these. So it was your first like proto buckshot. Did Django had to have come up with the term buckshot, right? I don't know. I, I don't know on that. One. I would it's I would hard. give that to Justin as quickly as I would give it to me. Yeah, it's certainly I, it, not a it, Jeff thing. This episode was right after they spent the entire day delaying themselves in Portland and therefore delaying the weekly book sorting. I remember that week very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, change all of your schedule for the next two days because we're down here being buddies and having fun. <laughs> and eventually chasing Justin away. Yeah, no, that didn't chase Justin away. Um, nothing chased Justin away. He still works with us. <laughs> Justin uh, is like a prophet, man. I know. <laughs> he has said it was it was in that episode. He mentioned he was was pretty sure that I mean he called the man Doctor Manhattan thing for the most part. Mm -hmm. The what? Like Doomsday Clock, Doctor Manhattan. <clears throat> I don't think that he called that. I, I would say if we're looking okay. retrospectively down, he thought that Superman and Dr. Manhattan were going to fight and they never did. Okay, fair. They almost did. I don't know. I, um, he I'll, also... Well, uh, well, wait a minute. Mentioned... Wait, we've never we've never closed that up. Django, what do you think? Because all the way through Doomsday Clock, I kept thinking, is he going to be right? Is it going to be Superman and Dr. Manhattan fighting in space? Yeah, I mean, not not quite. And did they argue they argue because that's fighting that's fighting. yeah you're right you're right you're right listen i'll give justin anything he can have it he can have it i um, guess but, but uh, uh fight is he, a punch he, in a comic like he right. mentioned that dc would probably create like a dark knight returns like dark universe um like that would make very make a lot of characters like dark in the frank miller-esque way have with like between black label and metal yeah I, I think what he meant by that and what I would still love to see is a bunch of comic series with those characters in the future once their shit mm. has just sort of like gone off the rails. Like the, f But I think Dark Knight Returns that, also had a was, lot of that. Yeah, that was during Dark Knight 3. Uh, yeah. Um, I think you guys were really... No, you guys actually know. You, I thought you guys were tired of it by that point. I, I, I liked that one all the way through, I think. I could have sworn there must have been a different one uh, later. One of the Dark Knights you guys didn't like very much by Frank Miller and Azzarello. I could have sworn. Was it Batman Damned? Because we did not like that <laughs> well, Azzarello yes, one. Yes, obviously that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Andrew knows obviously that. <laughs> the dick. Man. Oh, the dick. So we, we got Mark Russell to be on our podcast at episode 24 and a half. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. That's wild. And Steve Pugh. Both of them. No, oh, did Steve Pugh call in that episode? He called in because, yep. like, the, the iFanboy guys kept mispronouncing his name Steve Pooh. And so I messaged Steve Pugh and I was like, hey, uh, could you pronounce your name so that we can use it on our podcast? And then also, can I send it into this other podcast? And And he graciously did both. Dude, I wrote that letter to the iFanboys last week yeah. and like mentioned you and me and all the shit and that we're patrons, but I was like, if Django Bourne sounds familiar, it's because... Anyway, and haven't heard anything back from them. You know, I've never heard anything back from them either. 
Um, well, but sometimes I, they, they, I they'll name drop thing or they'll, they'll like talk about the thing that you wrote. I in. think I said too many nice, positive things <clears throat> for them to be able to comfortably respond to it. Well, and also um, like but, you, you wrote them a lot of words and they try to keep it to a minute when, yeah. when they're reading. A no, podcast. I don't want that on a podcast. That was literally me just saying like, Hey, if you ever want retailer insight, I'd love to give it to you. But also you guys have had a lot of impact on me. They, uh, did you see that iFanboy reached their Patreon goal today? I did. Yeah. I increased a different Patreon patronage by $5 a month uh, two days ago. Nice. It was a football one, though, so everyone get off my jock about it. Okay? You're going to want to edit that out, bud. Was it? <laughs> You're going to want to edit that job? out, bud. The football? About the football thing? Yeah. Just, uh... We're going to lose listeners if they know I like <laughs> just football. Just backtrack on that one, bud. <laughs> um, well, Andrew, do you have any other uh, super gems for us? I feel like... Super I feel chance. like we're we're closing in on like a two hour podcast yep. here. Yep. Yeah. And we got another uh, podcast to do for Monday. Yeah, we got a new one. A new. I can't wait for our new book club show. Oh no! I, I mean, that to go. Th- I mean, we didn't put anything up on Monday. Last Monday. Yeah. Well, I know that. So we got to record. If they were the dedicated one. listeners, they would have been in the group chat, like all the other <laughs> dedicated listeners. All right. We have done. Th- over three years of podcasts and we've missed like less Two than weeks? 10 weeks yeah yeah like we we've met i don't think we've ever gone i think we've done less than five weeks with nothing yeah that's pretty impressive so, it is pretty impressive so yeah and and you know what we didn't do nothing that week we did we did a several hour thing with a lot of listeners that's true it just didn't work out <clears throat> to, to put on the feed um. Yeah. What? Uh. What? What do you got for a parting? Uh, so a, a little bit of parting hilarity. Listen, Andrew, no pressure. you think about that for a second, and you just interrupt us when you find it, okay? Okay. Okay. No sounds pressure. Good. There's, take, there's take, a few. Take, take you want me to chant while he does it? No, I super don't because I fucking love you and hate that. <laughs> um, Jenga, what are you up to tomorrow, buddy? Oh gosh, tomorrow's Saturday. Uh, I have a. I have a training session with the Binder POS guys because I want to see how they do things. Um, right. <clears throat> it's a it's a a point of sale that's based on Shopify that is geared towards game stores, and I want right. to look at what they're doing and and see if it's something that we can integrate for comics. Um, and then other than that, I'm going to see if uh, if the save our what is it saveindependentbookstores.com has an application for bookstores yet because uh, we could we could use a grant for when things start ramping up again. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. So that sounds like less stuff than I've heard you have in quite a while. Yeah, well, uh, Braden, the hero, has taken over packing and shipping for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna try to take a day off and then use the packing and shipping time that I would have had uh, to help spread the good word about shop.thecomicsplace.com where you can yeah, order comics. Like, you know, <clears throat> take a couple days and not do anything. Have you ever played a video game? Play one of those. Put a Lego set together. I almost took a picture. I should have. I did two hours of work on my Gundam model and only have a torso. I thought you oh, would like wow. that. Yeah, I did. I did about yeah. four hours of work on Legos yesterday and Ended up okay. with some cool stuff. I also, I don't think we've mentioned this on the podcast, but I have the Batmobile coming in. 
I can't wait to see it. You mentioned it at the video. Yeah, show, it's it's, it's like okay. three feet long, and um, Ugh. just because it's three feet long, three feet. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's like the length of my rules. desk. It's so big, you guys. Uh, and also, I ordered the uh, like the eleven inch version, so I can build a big one and a little one. Oh nice. wow, there's a little one too. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um. I yeah I put um, about two hours into my Gundam model while watching Rocket Man, and now Django. If you can think about the picture I sent you of the Gundam model, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of like plastic sheets, and you like punch these pieces out of it because they're like reinforced on several sides, but they're like it's just it's like, like a model where you're where where they have all the yeah. pieces on a tree, right? Exactly, yeah. And you punch them out, but sometimes there's like little ripples where the plastic was connecting it, oh, and like tear perfectly. The flashing. So, yeah. So what I've been doing is taking an exacto knife mm-hmm. and like filing it down so they're perfectly smooth. Mm-hmm. And then I got these special markers from Japan, which you're supposed to like put into all of the fake plastic seams of where the metal, like would you know, if it were a real metal thing, where they would be folded together. Did you get them quick? So, was it like? Uh... Overnight markers from uh, Japan. Japan. No, uh, it actually took two months. I ordered them at Moonbase, <laughs> and they didn't show up for a couple of months. Wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, it uh, they are awesome, and it takes a ton of time and a ton of work to do. And like, you can be as meticulous as you want. Like, you have to put the marker in and use a Q-tip to like get the ink off, mm-hmm. and you're like filing off these plastic shavings and as a kid i used to do it and it would take me like an hour to do all of one and now i'm doing it like you know meticulous like 10 hours for one my dad used to make drag racers when he was a kid like i think like plastic model ones yeah like ones? no like plastic models i think i think probably right around the same time he painted his room black with red trim and discovered pot he was really into making models um and he would like he would like use a a single hair from a from a paintbrush to put the to to paint the inside of the exhaust pipe on his model question about your dad Mm -hmm. um when did he start playing music uh he was uh raised baptist so like i think he was born singing like singing uh hymns and stuff and I know, like, he was playing music on his high school radio station. So, you know, he's probably playing guitar well before that. Um, and when did, he, <clears throat> when did he start smoking pot slash stop putting models together? He never stopped putting models together. Although eventually the models turned into, like, shadow boxes, like original art. But it was still, like, you could see that it was just scratching that same model itch for him. Um, kind of in the same way that if I moved over to Gundam, it would just be me doing Legos, but it would be Gundam instead. Um, right. I was just curious if he started smoking pot and then stopped doing models and started playing music. No, I think, I think he was doing music and then started smoking pot and then really got into models. Um, but I think that like, I don't know when, when he stopped smoking pot, I think that there was a, a kind of a, a hole of addiction that was not being filled in his life. And so he started doing these shadow boxes and kind of redirected that, that focus that you have towards that instead of, instead of rolling the best joint or whatever. Um, Whoa. But, but just like, 
I don't know. He's he he was he's always kind of building things in one way or another. And uh, I remember when at some point uh, we were staying at this guy Steve Smith's house in Florida. He, he was an artist and had like this cool art shed. And uh, and I had this awesome Lego set that I wanted to build. And my dad was in the, the art shed building models. And it was like we were both hanging out doing that. And we were so close, but I didn't give a fuck about his models, and he didn't quite understand why the Legos were cooler than models. Uh, but we were, like, hanging out together doing separate things that were very closely related. That is uh, a story a lot of parents and kids, I bet, can share. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that type of thing. Um, yeah. I got, uh, if you don't mind. I, no, I yeah, Andrew, before we get more. out of here, get it. I wanted one. I want to ask you guys who said it, and then one quote from each of you guys that yeah. I have to say. Uh, so guess for this one. You could take that panel, connect it bottom to top, put your head in it, and pretend you're a seagull Sursley. Uh, Django. Sure. Pretend you're a yeah. what? Seagull Sursley. 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 It. I. I knew it was Django <laughs> when you said you could take that panel and connect that one. Like just no one else would say that type of what shit. What was that about? What, uh, hang on. Doesn't even matter. It's such a Django state. You could I think take it that was a, panel about and do Batman this. the Shadow because you were just so jacked up on it. You weren't trying to shill. Yeah, there were there were a lot of seagulls in that Batman Shadow book for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a Jeff quote. Yeah, yeah. Times two minus one. Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I you just I you were like shoving something off like ah, whatever. <laughs> Jeff's trying to drive a car and he's trying to put the end on any fun that's happening in the car. Hail Satan. <laughs> and then a Django one. I have my heart on my sleeve, but I don't have a sleeve or a heart. <laughs> wow. I wonder how long the joke of Django not having any emotions has been going on. It's like forty-two uh. years. <laughs> It's so long. It's kind of nice because it seems like it's slowed down, but I think that this is just gonna fan the flames. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, before we get out of here, I I would say Django. It has felt very good to get back into the routine of reading some comics. I took like a there was probably like a solid week there. Mm -hmm. It was like a seven or eight day period where I didn't read a comic, and it was really weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the last two or three days i've gotten back in the contact with god east of west um and then i actually picked up a couple things from the comic shop today glad you got back into contact with god Jeff. yeah you gotta <laughs> every, listen if if perfectly settled podcast and i think andrew can say this the best because he has the spreadsheet but if there's one thing that we've been trying to get people to be sort of in the know about it's just sort of a relationship with god <laughs> And, you know, there's not a lot of other men or women in your life that can be your father, your heavenly father, your holy ghost, your spirit, the finger inside your long finger. Uh, he, is, you just, he is all things. Oh. You just described me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Django. Um, well, Andrew, thanks so much for hanging out with us, buddy, um, and listening so to the podcast and coming into the store and being a part of our shop family. You're just like one of many people who um, came in one day not 
knowing a bunch about comics or why they were there and now you're just like a good good friend that comes in and everyone is like fucking andrew's here like Fox! you can't even wa- you you can't even walk into that show and hope or the that show you can't even walk into that store and hope <laughs> that it's going to be a chill environment it's gonna be a bunch of people yelling at you like it's high school and you just walked into the auditorium again but <laughs> i love you guys yeah no it so thankful for you guys and just even just the community and other customers that come in like it's so awesome just it's i never would have thought that there's like a shop that i just want to go and hang out at like (laughs) it's a weird thing to say but like i just kind of want to stop by and hang out with them is that weird like i don't want to buy any i just want like they're cool people and like i want to talk about comics like is that weird it's like macy's but i don't have to go up to the mall yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what I would do at the comic shop before I started working there. So uh, it's absolutely normal, and and uh, yeah, don't don't question it at all, and just get more people to do the same thing because it really is. I think comic shops are one of the few types of places that exist where you can just go in and hang out anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, there are other stores, but like um, comic stores it is, and music it is the type stores of thing are kind that of you a... engage in independently and and you can it's just very much like the social watering hole thing i'm sorry Django. i talked to you oh no i was talking over you i was i was just saying like it's comic stores and music stores yeah music is the other big one Um, and movie stores don't really exist anymore because suncoast video closed man i used to work for their sister company Django, did you used to go to suncoast video yeah i used to go to suncoast and uh get a pretty good discount there because i worked at musicland and sam goody they owned the same thing. Yeah, yeah, they were all the they same. They were priced like they did. Yeah, they were all the same same company. Yeah, I loved Suncoast. Well, listen. Well, Andrew again. Yeah. Well, uh, Andrew again. Go go on. Go go on. I was gonna say thank you, Django. Thank you. Um, this is the least in contact in a two week period we've ever had. It's weird, and I don't like it, but I think it's important. And if we can do it, everybody who's listening can do it. Okay, you think it's important that everyone stays uh, secluded? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that it's important that you and I stay secluded. Um, okay, specifically, like that kind but of thing I think you that we say should. Here in a relationship with somebody, when they're like, and I think it's really good that we're spending this amount of time apart, and you just sort of go like, <clears throat> yeah, me, t- me too. No, I, I think <laughs> I think it's the opposite of that. But I think that uh, for for the world, I think it's important. And uh, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I don't know if our listeners can tell, but we're kind of uh, oh. floundering around for things to talk about. Content. So, but that just made me realize I we have a an email from Win. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. That, um, I haven't. Uh, I have Wynn many different in. email addresses. When when Win wrote in, it was a week Wynn ago. Win wrote, wrote in. Win Win wrote in. I have so many different email addresses that these things come to different places at different times. I think I can, I can find it real quick if you want. Um, um, I think I've got it, unless I put Win Win wrote in in a different spot. Let's see here. I've got it. Um, okay, cool. Get it. Hiya, nerds. Firstly, shout out to your online store. It looks great, and it was a breeze to put in my order. My books arrived in great shape. Shout out Dan Brooks. Secondly. I already told Django this, but your podcast really helped last week. Like many of us, these are uncertain and anxiety-inducing times. Listening to Django and Jeff chat was calming. Well, that's weird. You should 
See somebody yeah, about because that. Because Jenga's way. voice makes me feel <laughs> on edge all the time. What did I forget to do? What do I need to do? I swear I work hard, Django. Just believe it. Third, thirdly, with the receipt of my comic shipment, I finally read Artemis and the Assassin, or whatever it was that I poorly identified it as when I messaged on Facebook. As previously discussed, the recent Aftershock number ones have been fucking solid. Am I allowed to swear in these? Yes. Sure. Uh, I remember 100%. it mentioned on, in the Facebook Live, but any further thoughts on it? Win Thoughts was super excited to see more Megan Hetrick art interiors. Loved her work on Red Thorn from Vertigo. Found the time travel assassin premise super interesting and am excited to read more whenever that happens. Did you all dig it? Baby, can you dig it? Is it in bad taste to make the stand references right now? Holy shit, when uh, my partner Sam is reading The Stand right now, and holy shit, they are about 200 pages from the end of a 1,400, 1,500-page book, so that's very topical. Fjordsley? Oh, wow. COVID-19 has prevented my efforts to give Jeff a complex about whether to say nice things about me or not. <laughs> in, com <laughs> in completely separate news, I just want to also shout out the fantastic Barry videos. It's adorable, Jeff. You're a tall, lanky string bean full of heart and good. Feel free to submit complaints <laughs> over nice things said via the usual means. Nice. Very accurate. Please. Thank you all, oh, Colette more. and Roman and Brayden and Justin and Django and Jeff and Sarah and Ashton. You are all awesome. And Andrew. And Andrew. You are all awesome. That's me for now. Talk to you all soon. Staying windside for four more weeks. Uh, Jeff, did you... <laughs> Great fun <laughs> to finish it off with, man. Real subtle. Did you, what you, did say, you read Kate Artemis and the Assassin? What's that? Did you read the Aftershock book? Artem uh, is, is it Artemis and the Assassin? It is Artemis and the Assassin. It, uh, I have not read it yet. Um, I did. Uh, I know. I really applaud how much you read every aftershock book that is a thing that Django does and it's awesome hey morty the cat um and i got no i got no kind of like the you know what when i adore you um like the tko question a little while ago i think there's a weird amount of stuff that like when you run a small business that's a comic shop with another person um, I have this weird amount of just kind of like I divide up the bases between Django and I in terms of like what's being covered. Um, and I think that he and I both read a number of things that the other person wouldn't read normally or wouldn't have time to read. Um, and I like I will read any Aftershock book that anyone says is good. And I read a lot of them that do pique my interest, but there's a lot that slip through the cracks. And I think that I just sort of like, don't ever second guess it because I'm like, well, Django will read that one and I'll be able to find out if it was good from Django. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I don't know if Margo, Mar maybe you do that with all of Marvel. With I, I kind of do. And, and I'm thinking right now, like because of the relentless release schedule for comics and just entertainment right. in general, I think that we, as people who are expected to be at least have, have a very wide knowledge of comics as well as a deep knowledge of some comics. Um, I think we engage in more triage of our stories than most people have to deal with. And by triage, you mean barely keeping it together? No, by triage, I mean like what triage in a hospital is 10 people come in and they're varying degrees of critical condition. Who do you treat first, given that you only have the resources to deal with four of them? 
And so that's what I just said. So you're like, okay, uh, I'm going to skip the aftershock books unless I hear a really good thing about them. And and yeah, I'm and like, 100%. I'm going to read the aftershock books so that I can tell people good things about them if they deserve it. Um, and I try to look at our store in terms of it would be great if between all of our employees, all of the books that came in were read. Yeah. And I think we have a pretty close hit rate on that. Like we don't get super yeah. deep into a lot of the cheesecake. Um, and and I don't think any of us are reading Spawn actively. But I think that like other than that, we're we're pretty good at, at just kind of having a really wide knowledge of, of comics. And part of our job is knowing which one of us probably read something and has an opinion on it. And, and, and I would say that like the, the second layer of that, and I can't say I have this for all of my, my employees, but um, what I, is awesome is that I know Django well enough that when Django's like, hey, you should read this thing, I can kind of already know why Django like it and I think vice versa is probably true yeah. I think that like when you know somebody like the inside of your palm you kind of like it all makes sense so all of that is me trying to defend why I didn't read that book um and I've loved some Aftershock books in the last like year and a half like Hot Lunch Special was one of my favorite books that came out that year I, I did um, read so Django, this one. please tell me about um it. I I really like the art I didn't know that it was the same person that did Red Thorn um, which I only read maybe the first two or three issues of. That that came out kind of in the middle of a glut of Vertigo books that were really hit or miss for me. Um, and that one just didn't pull me through to the third or fourth issue or whatever. Um, I liked Artemis and the Assassin. I don't remember a ton about it. I just remember feeling like feeling like I ha just had mashed potatoes and gravy when I was done reading it. Like it was, it was solid. The art was good. The story was interesting. Um, I remember, I remember your, your summer of it was that like, is there some time travel, but it's also, I forget which era of it is, but is, is it Western or like Viking or something? What, yeah, why, it said it's like, why are you putting me on the spot? I can't, I like, I, I literally can't remember we, we read a lot of it, but like, <laughs> We talked about it the day that it came out because Django had read it, and I can't remember, but he had said it was. It reminded him a lot of a couple other books that had focused on sort of that genre time period recently. Yeah, yeah, and I like my brain has been completely full of that website that Win likes so much, um, and Thanks, and Wynn. dealing with dealing with like you know trying what? to make the you comic and I store stop talking. Yeah, Win said better stuff about this book than either of us can because she read it and remembered mm -hmm. it, and and we shouldn't waste any time talking about it because she already. It's a it's a good comic. Um, fucking Win, killing it left and right as you do, loving it. Win's Win's gonna be in town on Sunday. I'm gonna leave some comics out on my porch for her, and uh, and we're gonna have a contact free transaction. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, hey, Andrew, can I ask you a question? Yes, of course. Andrew, I don't know if you know, but comics have stopped coming out. Yes, I do know this. It's a fucking bummer. It's really it's yeah. really harsh and Django and I's collective mellow. But one thing <laughs> that gets me through is thinking about what is going to be the most just goddawned effing exciting thing that I am looking forward to when comics start. Batman 92, bro. So, that's my... The fuck that's the fucking that's the fucking guy right there that I've chosen to shackle my life to. Thanks, buddy. Um, what is what is the most the book that you're most excited for when comics come back? 
Guardians. Al Ewing's running Guardians. You're just most excited to be checking back in on that? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to get to this caster knob arc stuff and Blackjack O'Hare. He's really digging into the deep weeds with Rocket's history, and I appreciate that. Um, that's, that is awesome, and I, I can't wait to get more of those for you to have. Django. I think I already said um, it, Jeff. Batman 92. Bro. Your next most... Okay, well, mine's better, and while it is not a book that has been coming out, what I, I anticipate this delay will most likely affect that I am super bummed about is Batman 3 Jokers. Yeah. I When comics start coming out again, um, I cannot... That is the thing that I'm most excited to read. It was going to be June, July. It'll probably be August, September at the earliest, um, but, <clears throat> that, but gosh, that's the thing I can't wait for. Yeah, if, if I had been thinking that would be... That would be my number one excited book. I also, like, there's the sequel to Metal that's going to be delayed because of this, or maybe... I, I read that Greg Capullo's drawing it still, as of today or yesterday, so... Quite a few artists are still... Like, I read that DC is officially using this time to get ahead on books. That would be amazing. Which I think is brilliant. I, I hope that yeah. they uh, make Jeff Johns do the same thing with whatever, whatever else he's working on. Um... I also, <clears throat> yeah, there, there are a number of comics that I would like to keep reading, but I, that I feel secure in the idea that they will finish. And at this point, it's just like everybody is uh, an image comic that's on hiatus right now, and that's okay. I would love to see Saga come back, swinging right out of the gate uh, when, when comics start shipping again. And I don't know if we can expect that, but holy cow, that would be awesome. What are you most excited for in comic books when they come back, Django? Like, like in the weeks that they come back? No, I mean just like looking. Like we're we live in a world without new comics, so like the comic things on my horizon, like the sequel to Metal, Strange Adventures. Yeah, I was about um, to say Strange Adventures. Yeah, Yeah. Dark or uh, Three Jokers. Three Jokers Um, and Strange Adventures. No, three Three Jokers and Strange Adventures are the two books that. I, I think I would I would let them not publish any other comics if they could get those ones out right now. I, I would have no problem missing all of my other stories for months and months and months if I could get my hands on those ones periodically. Yeah. What about you? Like even just three jokers. Yeah. What? What is there anything other than three jokers that you're gagging for? Um. I mean, well, the Hickman X Men stuff. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that stuff, it's okay to put it on pause, and when it comes back, it's it'll... all going to come back and still follow the blueprint. Yeah, like like they have an outline yeah. for that. Um, and, you know, with, with no new comics coming out, maybe we can go back. You know what Hickman could do that would be super cool is to release a list of books that you should read for the next year worth of his x-men comics yeah if you want to maximize what you can get out of my x-men run these are the runs that you should go will you tweet him which reminds me how to twitter i need i'm putting this out to the listeners because i i need responses i because i just finished new x-men and as i was getting towards the end i felt like it kind of it kind of gave off the vibe that ernst was cassandra nova in 
like her consciousness was put in this other young person's body and being like by controlled by Martha p- perhaps um, until later in the future timeline at the end of that um, and I remember there was a sinister secret in House and Powers that mentioned Ernst and like someone seeming old but young anyone else's thoughts theories I'm curious that's, that's rad um, I haven't thought about conflating the sinister secret to that uh character from new x-men but um it's been like six years since i've read new x-men it was before i worked at the shop so it's been seven or eight years um and i need to reread that um oh man that made me think of something um oh uh andrew as you finish you've now finished new x-men i thought that question was going to start with what is an x-men run that you should read next do you want to be reading another x-men run um i do i've been hearing that bendis's is pretty good Colette was telling me they like bendis's well a lot of people have caved and done this based on me talking about on the podcast but oh. rick remender's uncanny x-force yep. run is the best follow-up to new x-men because like the phantom x stuff and a whole bunch yep, of other you guys threads are talking are... about that at the video show on monday super cool yeah those threads pull in so i would recommend that one i have it if you want to borrow it or anybody um the issues listen yeah i have the issues if you want to borrow them all collected into one nice hard <laughs> um, uh it's way easier to borrow um but it doesn't fit in a box so everyone has their plus <laughs> neither does um well that was 174 um do you check in with us depending on which day this podcast goes up uh, but on sundays we are going to be recording uh, a book club chat that Django's going to be in charge of getting the invites for that out but i think facebook will be the best place to look for that we're going to be talking about jonathan hickman and nick dragata's east of west and we'll be talking about volume one this sunday the 12th april 12th 2020 the year of our lord don't give a time because i don't know when that is yet jeff at 749 and 37. Andrew, you keep the paperwork. You know that's foolish. Clap. Um, Everybody clap. So on that note, we're going to get out of here because we all have important shit that we have to be doing. I got right? I got a that's Lego car about. carrier to finish tonight. And uh, yeah. I don't know what else, but definitely that. You guys got to do a couple more deliveries too, right? Yeah, I got to do that. And then finally start playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time in my life. Nice. Yeah, it's big. All right, bye, everybody. Uh, I'm Django, and I wish I wasn't Andy Richter to Jeff's Conan O'Brien. Fuck yeah. That was nice. Jay, do you know you just said a compliment to me? You just said, like, a nice thing? Unless you really like Andy Richter, which I totally get like with Louie. Wait, no, that's a different guy. (laughs) Um, And I'm Jeff, and I'm I'm the guy from Life with Louie. I'm 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 just Andrew. Thoughts. I think it was Louis Anderson. Thoughts. <laughs> that was a Django special. <laughs> Django special. Thoughts. The Django special. All right. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye.